Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. At the time you're listening to this, probably, it's going to be All Hallows' Eve, or it might even be Halloween. Yeah. After it goes down. So happy Halloween. Um, We've mentioned this. I I was mentioning, we've talked about this before. I really haven't, I think with the new show. We we really haven't jumped into Halloween too much. We really haven't like gotten into Halloween. We just kind of plowed through and talked about what we were talking about at the time. Uh, and I wanted to spend some time. Like last week, we talked a lot about Hellraiser and horror movies and stuff like that. And I wanted to spend some more time with that, but directly with Halloween though too. Talk about Halloween. So a lot of people, I think people are pretty well informed now about the history of Halloween, but so a lot of people aren't. I, it's a it's a fun holiday. I think it's a it's a time to celebrate and do cool things. But it's always fun. So we had uh, Leslie Bannatine on the show tonight. Super cool. Um, and we were also joined by our dear friend Michelle, who I worked with on Real Crime back in the day. Uh, not really back in the day, maybe like a few months ago. Uh, but she's super cool, and I've been wanting to get her over here just to hang out with us and talk about some wild stuff. Which, of course. We went all over the place with that, but let's let's learn a little bit about Leslie uh, Bannatine right now. Amber, what do you got? Uh, Leslie is an American author who writes extensively on Halloween, especially its history, literature, and contemporary celebration. One of the country's foremost authorities on Halloween, Bannatine has shared her knowledge on television specials for the History Channel, Time Magazine, Slate, National Geographic, and she's contributed the Halloween article. Uh, to the World Book Encyclopedia. So in 2007, she had several compatriots set the Guinness World Record for largest for the largest Halloween gathering, a title they held until 2009. I wonder what that actually entailed. What would make the ha- largest Halloween gathering? Well, I'm sure you could Google it. I'm sure we'll have to because we forgot to ask her about that. Well, I, we just we kind of just went hmm. with it. We only had a half an hour. Right. So Leslie has written five books on Halloween, ranging from a children's book... Uh, to her latest book, Halloween Nation, which examines the holiday through the eyes of its celebrants. The book was nominated for a 2011 Bram Stoker Award. And also her book um, that we talked about on the show, Halloween in American History, mm-hmm. is celebrated 25 years, actually more now. because uh, It'll be 30 years next year. Yeah, yeah we mentioned 30 that. years in print. So that's pretty cool to have a book in print that long. Leslie is old school. Enjoy. Our conversation with Leslie Bannatine and our dear friend, Michelle. try to check this before we have someone come talk to us and i might totally probably slaughter this but we'll play a little game here uh we are honored to have a fantastic person joining us here tonight and her name is leslie bannatine did i get it right leslie you did you did it perfectly i nailed it yes awesome totally awesome i usually just (laughs) totally slaughter names like that no seriously (laughs) thank you so much for taking some time to join us here and chat about halloween 
uh, and you are no stranger to uh, to this topic, obviously. You've written a book or two on this, am I correct? I have. I've written several books about it, one of history and the popular culture and its literature, and a kid's book, too. Oh, a kid's book. I, I mean... Yeah. As far as approaching that, I mean, just on, on a sideline thing, a kid's book on this topic, I mean, how do you approach that? Because... You know, the we all know the kind of like the back line of Halloween is kind of grim, right? Um, how would you approach um, that? It, the kids' book is part of a series of night before. There's um, the night before, you know, Christmas, the night before this, the night before. So this is the witch's night before Halloween is what I wrote. So it's not the history of Halloween, but it's it's a pure piece of fiction oh, for wow. kids. Oh, that's cool. No, and that's always fun. There's tons of stories like that. I love that. And kids need more of that stuff. Well, and Halloween's like the ultimate kids holiday it is i, I think it next is. to christmas if you know for people that uh you know participate in christmas halloween is pro- probably tops that well pretty soon i think what we're gonna have here i think very soon maybe the next five years and leslie uh you tell me what you think about this too i think they're gonna kind of like morph together yes <laughs> we're you mean because the stores now have Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas yeah. stuff in them already? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's going to be like Christoween. Like in March. <laughs> Just match yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> it's ins- hey, get your bathing suits. <laughs> now, as we know, with Halloween, and obviously with our show, we deal with the paranormal and ghosts and stuff like that. Um, and, I mean, we're all pretty big fans of Halloween around here, too. But when did Halloween, because, you know, that's an interesting idea. I never thought about this either. Like, when did Halloween become associated with ghosts? I mean, I mean, it just seems like it's so natural now. Like, you don't even think about mm-hmm. it, right? But there was a time. Well, I mean, there's some glue here, I guess. What is that glue? There sure is. In fact, ghosts are the first part of Halloween. Um, if you go way, way, way back to Samhain, you know, the Irish and Scottish Northwestern Europe dividing of the year between winter and summer that happened at November 1st. What that time was about was it was a time when the supernatural was were present. And so the other world was really a part of that time period. And it makes sense. It was the cusp of winter and we're going into the dark and dangerous season. And Samhain and Samhain's supernatural Samhain. creatures were kind of a warning. Like, it's going to get dangerous. Everybody buckle down and be careful. But yeah. when the church put their holidays at that time, All Saints Day on the 1st and All Souls on the 2nd, it's yeah. the same kind of idea. All Souls is about remembering your own dead, not just the supernatural, not the monsters coming out of the fairy mounds, but the people who have gone before you. And it's it's what we see in the Mexican Day of the Dead today or in any Catholic country in Europe, lighting candles in the graveyards and remembering your own personal dead. Those are kind of, those are ghosts in, of, a, of a sort. Yeah. So there's been, for 2,000 years, the dead have been around at this time of year. So it makes yeah. sense that the ghost is still an icon of Halloween. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I've always, you know, that's one of the things I read up. It was Samhain, and I heard you mention Samhain, that term. And I mean, the yeah. idea I've always had when it comes to the ghost thing has always been, you know, the veil. The idea would be she brought you two little cat dishes of sugar and cream. I got. I'm sorry, Leslie. I had to just see how we were talking before we started recording, Leslie. If you remember, um, how Michelle didn't get her cream and sugar, and they're not in cat dishes, <laughs> and they're in little cat they're dishes. Not in they're cat it's dish- cute as a button. It's not I swear. cat. I just sorry. didn't want her coffee getting cold. <laughs> but um, the idea that I you know that I learned you know years ago was yes, yeah, Samhain, uh, one of the original names for Halloween, 
And the idea was that, you know, there's this veil we have between our physical heavy world and the other world that we don't know about. And at this time of the year, this is when that veil, like those two veils are the, they either meet the closest or they kind of get down the thinnest between the, between the two. I've heard two different interpretations. Um, yes, that is, that's a modern way of putting it. Back 2,000 years ago, it would just be the fairy mounds opened up and you never knew what was going to come out of them. And yeah. also, if you happen to get lost in them around this time of year, you could be lost for a long time. You mean the veils themselves you're talking about? The fairy mounds. Oh, the fairy the mounds. Sea. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. We, we talk about the, the world being separated by a veil now because it's kind of, it's a great way to understand it. But in the old folklore, it was a, a fairy mount, an actual hill. And on this time of year, those things would crack open and all sorts of stuff would come out of it. You know, you're, we all know what our interpretation of Halloween is now. And Amber mentioned that a minute ago. Uh, you know, it's it's this fun time. I mean, I was thinking about that coming home before we start. You know, got ready to do the show here. I was thinking about this time of year and how, like, about the last week of September, something shifts in in my mind and my body, and I go into, especially if you live here in Michigan, because our seasons change every fifteen minutes. But the idea is um, that you know the seasons start to change at that time, and. The weather starts getting a little more crisp, and then there's cider and donuts, and we start seeing pumpkins on porches, and it's just that whole thing. And I think a lot of people experience that throughout the country. I think for us, it's the weather, though, too, but it's more of a festive thing. It's always been a festive thing. Um, and as, yeah. And as the years go on, it gets more and more festive, I think, and that's where you get the, you know, like the the, the, the hot nurse costumes and all these goofy things we see now. Um, but, I, you know, what you're painting, though, as far as different interpretations it's a day it could be and i already mentioned this it could be more of a somber holiday it's a day to it's a day to remember it's a day to think about our you know our loved ones who have passed on the um the catholic church certainly set it aside for that <clears throat> and um depending on if you're catholic or some some protestant folks still do that around all saints and all souls day and those those holidays are still really important um halloween itself though what we think about halloween is the eve of all saints and the eve of a big church day is always kind of a festival so if you think like the difference between lent and mardi gras <laughs> you know it's the last blast before you go into a somber church holiday so that's what halloween is to all saints day all Hallows Eve, and it was always kind of um, secular, you know, it was time to, to um, play games, get together, eat, drink, you know, romance each other, dance, anything. It was kind of festive, even when it was first forming as a holiday, but it was festive with this supernatural cast on it. So all the early games that are attached to Halloween are about looking into the future, just like kind of like a seance, like, what am I going to do? What's going to happen to me? Who will I marry? When will I die? Big questions are always kind of circulating around Halloween, no matter how festive it is. Well, I always say, I mean, people become inspired this time of the year, I think, too. Uh, I think uh, in the month of October, um, there's more ghost hunting groups formed probably than any time of the year. Because <laughs> people, I mean, I'm goofing around, but I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, people, be, I, know, I know this time of the year, I mean, because I, we do this show year round and we're always thinking about weird stuff and, and, the, and, and anything out there that's weird or, or ghosts or whatever they may be. And so we're always, our, we're always turned on. Uh, but I always find, even me, I find that little extra charge I get, you know, come around that last week of September, um, there's that bit of inspiration. And I think um, 
It's just people, they, they just get turned on with that stuff, I guess. It's a weird time. I, mean, I it's agree. Still, it's, yeah, it's, and it's also the light. I mean, you're right. It's the temperature. It's the kind of color of the leaves and the, the things that are in the fields yeah, now yeah. That, that get right to us physically, but it's the way the light suddenly shuts off. Well, yeah, <laughs> the temperatures start... drop. That makes you think about things that happen in the dark. I wanted to ask Leslie a question. If she's yeah. familiar with... The tradition of trick-or-treating and how that got started. Because from my understanding, it's kind of a uniquely American thing, not necessarily practiced in other countries. Right. Exactly. Um, You know, the idea of dressing in disguise and begging or making fun of authority is medieval. But it doesn't go in a straight line from, you know, Shakespeare to (laughs) post-Civil War America. We, We started this on our on our own. And um, it's really recent. Um, say 1930s, 1940s okay. is when trick-or-treating started. And it started as a way to keep kids occupied so they would stop egging houses and huh. shocking cars and letting the air out of people's tires. So they were like bribing them with candy, essentially? Yeah. yeah. That's the name <laughs> trick-or-treat. <laughs> but but- there was a big push in the first part of the 20th century to kind of try to get kids inside in the light for Halloween. So there were a lot of Halloween parties thrown for kids to just kind of keep them off the streets. And that gradually morphed into neighborhoods taking responsibility for it and houses getting candy to give to them. And it kind of made it a much more more child-friendly Halloween and a safer Halloween for homeowners, I guess. Well, yeah. Ultimately. Obviously, the first thing we think of when Halloween comes now is the candy. Uh, that's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, even though I'm doing my best to just avoid it like the plague this year, uh, that's the first thing I think of when I think of Halloween. And, you know, we're from Detroit. <laughs> So wow. we're uh, well, we got devils now. Yeah, and I, you know, it's one yeah. thing, and we mentioned that in the past here. I didn't realize this until a handful of years ago that that was homemade here. That was like devil. I, I thought that was something that was like just a nationwide thing, and it's not. It was invented here. <laughs> I'm not proud yeah, of it, by the way. Detroit is, it, you, you guys are famous for, for Devil's Night, for sure. There are other towns that have mischief nights and things they call Devil's Night, but certainly yours is, yours is the most storied. It, it is. Well, and for those who don't know who are listening, it was always like, like they would set the city on fire. There was a couple years like, where there, things got really out of hand. Like when I was younger, um, you know, we had the 84 Tigers when they won. All hell broke loose down there when they won the World Series. Was that on Devil's Night? No, no, I'm just saying. There was oh. a couple things. There was like the 84 oh. Tigers when they won the series. And then like Devil's Night. Every year for a handful of years, we would. I remember just sitting with my parents watching the news and there was just buildings upon buildings upon buildings burning down there. And that's like from where we're uh-huh. at. Go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. Go ahead. Those were empty buildings, right? That was one. It was kind of like a crime of opportunity as yeah. well. There was a lot of abandoned property. Yep. Well, yeah. And, and a lot of them were. Some of them weren't. Uh, you know, but there was this big thing, you know, not to get too far into the weeds, but, you know, Detroit's going through this renaissance right now. And there's all this. And it's I've said this a lot of times to people. It's kind of staggering. You know, the changes I see in certain areas. It's not the whole city. Certain areas. Um, but I said this years ago. Uh, they're like, well, we got to pay, you know, when they decided they wanted to start, you know, redoing the city and building new areas and getting rid of the old stuff. I'm like, well, that's, you know, they're like, it's going to cost us millions of dollars. I'm like, no, it's not. Wait till devil's night. 
<laughs> have them clear some, yeah, some property out for you. I mean, just encourage it for a couple of years. Say, hey, guys, you're doing your civic duty now. Here, okay, guys, do this, and you don't have to do jury duty, all right? I mean, or something, right? I, I mean, goofing, I mean, funny, but at the same time, like, that would be a lot cheaper. If you've always wanted to commit legal arson, now's your chance. Yeah, here's your chance, man. Welcome to yeah. Detroit. Unfortunately, I was born and bred here, and... Yeah, it was scary. I mean, that was one of the things that he's like, don't, you're not well, in Detroit on Devil's Night. Didn't they counteract it with Angel's Night it where is, people it, went out to try to do good things and I don't know. Well, what yeah, happened? and neighborhood watches yeah. and yeah. people going out in cars and patrolling streets and trying to tamp yeah. it down. The neighborhood stood up. They stepped up. A lot of the and neighborhood it, and associations stepped up and said, no, we're not going to have this anymore. And what I don't know is the people, do, if it was just random people doing it, like, hey, we got this opportunity. We're going to burn some stuff down. And it's going to be fun. Or was it was it related to gang activity or uh, any I'm kind sure, of... I'm sure that was a part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's probably a combination. When buildings are burning down in dozens, I don't really know if at that point if it really matters who did it. It's terrible. It's just it's a mess, right? Uh, but yeah, it's it is called Angels Night now. Well, that's their big thing. It's and I think it's good. I mean, yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's kind of a bummer. But yeah, that, going back to that point though, Leslie, um, yeah, um, I could see why even at least on the young with the younger people. I mean, because I mean, yeah, even even today, like what tomorrow, like just in a few. Few hours, we're going to be hitting All Hallows Eve, right? And yep. even even tomorrow, I'm oh, going to. Yeah. That's Devil's Night. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's yeah. Devil's yeah. Night. Tomorrow's Mischief Night. Yeah. Doorbell Night. Speaking of, that's <laughs> what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, Amber. Uh, okay, sorry, it was slow. <laughs> Jeez, Go okay, ahead. you got a calendar on your I, phone. Yeah, I don't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I was saying, though, is I mean, that's just in a few short hours. We're going to be in All Hallows Eve and then tomorrow night. And. Things, you know, knock on wood, you know, I'm going to say this and totally jinx myself out. So knock on wood. I mean, it's been pretty chill many years here, but I still find myself kind of like shifty eyed, walking around, <laughs> looking at things like, okay, man, you're not going to do anything to me. Well, I don't even know if the, I think the kids oh, go ahead. today that are trick or treating have no idea what their parents and their grandparents were up to on Halloween. I mean, I think it would shock them to know that, that they could do something well, you know, tricky. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I agree because I, I think even now I'm seeing less and less of like Thank you. the trees being toilet papered oh, that, and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm just with yeah. kids being a little different these days, like more indoors, more on their phones, more looking at screens. I don't know if going out and throwing some toilet paper, you know, in the middle of the night sounds like a fun activity to them. So I, I think we're <laughs> I seeing less yeah. of that, which is cool. <laughs> But then we're seeing a, a change, and I don't know if you can comment on this, Leslie, but there's been a, a big shift in how we practice Halloween, such as not really going door-to-door anymore for trick-or-treating. There's a lot of neighborhoods. I know, like, my my home neighborhood used to be just one of those neighborhoods that were packed. I mean, the, the parents would bring their kids and drop them off and drive yeah. away and come back two hours later, and it was just insane. Insane. Yeah, you'd have, like, a two-pound pail of, of candy that yeah. you were dragging behind you. And now it's like you have um, trunk or treat, and you go yeah, to your right. local church. Your church is what's pu- who's putting it on, yeah. and you, it's during the day. Um, it's just there, I, I'm seeing a shift in how we practice, and I don't know if you can comment on any of that, Leslie, with your research. Sure, you, you know you're right. There are well, it's just changing culture. Yeah, um, fear um, people who don't know their neighbors as much as they used to. We're a lot more mobile. People come and go into neighborhoods, so you don't have that, like, lockdown, idealistic um, 
neighborhood that we think of when we think of a neighborhood so yeah. much anymore. We have big urban areas and then we have a lot of motion. So people have tried to get creative about how to, how to trick or treat because yeah. <laughs> I think that we still love it. But you're right. It's like there's hot spots. There's great trick-or-treat streets and everybody knows where they are and the people on those streets buy like five hundred dollars worth of candy because yeah. they're going to have a thousand kids and yeah. people who in the outlying neighborhoods can turn on their porch light and light a pumpkin but no one's coming well there's it's a that the kids yeah. all go to the central areas or to the parking lots i mean that's an effort to kind of camp down halloween again or trick-or-treating and control it bring it into the light regulate the costumes but a lot more than churches are doing trunk or treat now because I guess it's a, what I just said. It's a nice way to contain it. Yeah. <laughs> you can, it's safe. It's you true. know who's there. But people are starting to decorate the trunks of their tri- uh, cars <laughs> like haunted houses. They get really imaginative. Well, there's a place here in our area. Are you going to talk about Tilson? I was going to talk ah, about Tilson. No, can, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, 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 no. You go. We're on the same thought. Well, pattern. I mean, it's. It, 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 I don't know much about it because I keep every year I say I'm going to go. I'm going to go there, and I never get around to it. But we have. A, it's about maybe 20 miles from where we're at here, out in Romeo Plank, and there's a street called Tilson Street, and the people that live on this street, I guess they have to sign. They do I, an agreement. They do. Like if you're going to buy a house <laughs> yeah. on this street, you have to play ball. Yep. And playing ball is these guys have. A yearly competition with Halloween and Christmas. Halloween, Ooh. I think, is the heavier one, right? Yeah. And this I, is yeah. like completely... Everybody I talk to, they're like... I mean, they literally have to have this controlled. Like, they have... It's like a business. Like, they have... Like, you have to, like, park in a certain place because you just can't park on the street, right? They have a parking lot set up now for this thing, and you park and you walk past all i don't know how many houses there are oh the and it's like an old imagine a street with old victorian homes yeah. all decorated to like but we're talking people that the, are spending like close to 50 oh, to a hundred thousand dollars oh, every yeah. year yeah on Insane. this oh my god it's yeah. a it's a tourist wow. destination i think for yeah. halloween people yeah and this is like it's a competition every year it's a friendly competition with these people and i know they do a lot of stuff with charity and stuff like that also and i think you can trick or treat there too on yeah. halloween yeah totally yeah um so we do have you know that's a good draw right um i will say though i was thinking about this as you guys were talking about this and i, I i'm really embarrassed to say i'm totally bah humbug with it when it comes to halloween now and i'll tell you why because when I bought the, the house the studio's in, um, the first year, remember, you remember that, Amber? Yeah. The first year I was here, I'm like, oh my, Halloween, uh, this is awesome. I'm going to do it like I used to, like all the cool guys when I was younger, like all the guys with the feathered hair and the Marlboro cigarettes hanging out of their mouth and the, and the Camaro <laughs> sitting in the driveway. I'm going to be cool like them. So I, I do, I change all the light bulbs in the, in the garage, you know, the garage and, and the front door and I get a big, massive thing of like awesome candy, the good candy, not the crap, the, you know, the sweet tarts. <laughs> not the smarties. Yeah, the smarties. Yeah, Come no on, bitto really. honey. Uh, but I get all the good stuff. <laughs> And I got ACDC blaring out of the garage. Like, you know, hey, you have to have good music going. And I'm, I'm, I was really bummed out because that night, I mean, like five people. Sh- okay, I'll say 10 people. Oh, and yeah. like mm. three of them were a car that pulled up in front of my house as I'm sitting in the garage. And they walked up with football jerseys on. Like football. This is what they wear to school. <laughs> and I'm, and I, I, had to call, I had to comment. I'm like, I'm like, dude. You call that a costume? They're like, yeah, give me, give me candy. I'm like, 
And it kind of bummed me out. Like, it kind of turned me off. And I have seen, I've noticed it, too. Like, we drive around on Halloween. We'll drive around on Thursday. This neighborhood's dead. This I neighborhood's think, dead as a doornail. And didn't you say when you were little growing up in this area, this was a neighborhood that was packed? This neighborhood was nuts. Yeah. There was tons of people. So, again, here. yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. And, and I thought what Leslie brought up about fear, how, yeah, our neighbors aren't the people we've known for 30 years and just right. how that has affected. And, yeah, like she, like Leslie said, put, like, making things more central. I, I didn't look at it that way, like centralizing it. <laughs> I can't say that's a bad thing. I have a question no. for yeah. Leslie. What's up, Michelle? Uh, Leslie, how, what made you want to pursue, pursue like this specific topic? Like what attracted you to Halloween and what made you want to like specialize in it and write wow. about it? Yeah. Um, I, I've got to say, I have always loved Halloween as a kid. Um, I trick or treated during the sixties and seventies. So, I was out by myself after dark, no parents, and there was something about the the freedom and the joy of running around after dark in the windy, dark October wearing a, ca- a cape, you know, yeah. or horns, whatever, that <laughs> was so freeing that it's a feeling that um, I, I think never leaves you. I get the same feeling like like you were talking about when it gets dark and cold and the wind kicks up and you're like, oh, here it comes again. So I, I've always loved it and I've always tried to celebrate it somehow as I was growing up, you know, like making a haunted house in my basement for a while or then throwing Halloween parties whenever I can. Yeah. Um, but I got interested in it because um, there was an opportunity to research the history of American Halloween that hadn't been done mm-hmm. um, for for like the 20th century for adults. And so I started, I pitched a book proposal, sold the book and started to do the research. And just like anything else, as soon as you find out a lot about something, the subject gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden it was like, wow. Um, It was endlessly interesting to me because it's not just Halloween. It's not just a little holiday that happens on the 31st. It's, it's popular culture and it's, it's history and it's, folklore and its mythology and its spirituality <laughs> it touches on ghosts and witchcraft and all sorts yeah. of things that were interesting to me so the more you know the more interesting it gets that's kind of how it happened well and you know thinking about how halloween and how it's laid out on the calendar uh in pop culture really halloween is kind of like the last hurrah it really is for me i think because after that you know it's a grind to the end of the year for i mean that's and i think a lot of people feel that way cuz now it's like cuz once halloween's over with officially the holidays are engaged you're getting ready for thanksgiving right. mm-hmm. yeah and then you're getting ready for christmas and and there's nothing stressful about halloween no there isn't yeah right no obligations you yep. don't want to do it you stay home you exactly. turn off your porch light you watch movies. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you do want to do it, there's a million clubs or bars you can go to. Yep. Yeah. Oh, especially around here. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, you go to Spirit Halloween and get your sexy nurse outfit, and yeah. you go, <laughs> you go to the club and you dance. Are there any movies that you think encapsulate like the spirit of Halloween the best for you? Like that type of well. feeling. You know, there's no one movie that does it for me. I'm a huge fan of Hocus Pocus. Yes. I think Yay. it's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> um, I understand a lot of people love the Charlie Brown cartoon, and oh, I think it man. depends on what time, what, how old you were when it came out when you first saw it. <laughs> it kind of stakes a claim in you if you if you see it at the right age. It doesn't do that for me, but Hocus Pocus does. And as far as scary movies, I'll tell you the movie that 
just terrified me to death and I've never gotten it over it yet is The Exorcist. Oh, nice. Because I saw it when I was at a perfect, you yep. know, it was my first horror movie. And I was old, <laughs> but it was my first horror movie. And I, um, it was uh, terrifying. Still I is. love that. I just bought my Steelbook edition of The Exorcist, oh. the director's cut. No, I, I just watched it last week. It's one of those ones, it's a mainstay. For me, at least. And my mother says that, too. She no, said, that's the scariest mom, movie I've mom, ever seen. Yeah, my mom begged my grandma to go see it. And my grandma took her, and my mom was 15. And <laughs> she slept with my grandma that night. Yeah, There know? was a hysteria so. surrounding it, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. When it came out, like, people, it was a, a different kind of scary, I think. Yeah. Like, it was a more yeah. intense, very visceral kind people of People weren't ready for it. Well, yeah, the they fact, weren't. Oh, sorry, Michelle. No, yeah, go ahead. The fact that it was based on a true story. Yeah. I think that's, like, the part that messed with people the most. Right. Like, this really happened. Yeah. Hollywood wouldn't lie to us or exaggerate. <laughs> yeah. You know, so people were like, oh. And all, yeah. yeah, also it was about evil, like, the darkest evil that, I had ever imagined. I was like, oh, this exists. Okay. <laughs> well, the movie really didn't have any boundaries, especially for that time. And that's what that's what still amazes me about The Exorcist is there's a lot of films, and Michelle, we've talked about this at great length and on and off the air, yeah. um, you know, where it, there's a lot of movies nowadays that they're really pushing the envelope when it comes to shocking people, right? And it still amazes me to this day how shocking that movie still is to me you know, all these years later. I mean, how old is that movie? It's like 40 years old now. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's real. I mean, I, I'd have to look, but I mean, it's for a film to be that old and to be, dare I say, that contemporary still and be that forward-thinking when it comes to just how shocking it really was and is, uh, that's what still amazes me. I, I can't get over how... You know, and it's and it's not pretty. <laughs> it's, it's I a, think it just taps into like really deep primal fears that people yeah, have, yeah. Uh, especially yeah. of like you know fear of death, and then maybe after death there's something there, and maybe it's bad. You know, like the idea yeah. that like you know his mom, you know she passed away, and like you know the devil kind of messes with that in his head, like you know your mom's in hell, and maybe maybe there is a hell, Malachi. and maybe some people right. go there, you know. And I think that really frightens people the the idea that there's a malevolent force out there that's actually like actively trying to hurt them, I guess. Oh, and, yeah. it's, and it's not just, you know, random things going on. Leslie, I want to thank yes. you so much for taking some time to talk to us. I know you're a very busy person, uh, but thank you. Uh, it, this has meant a lot because I want to talk about Halloween. We, I mean, for us, it's like Halloween all the time, uh, but we don't really yeah. ever take it on head on. <laughs> and I'm really happy yeah. we, we got to we got to talk. And uh, thanks for getting back to me and coming on here and chatting oh. with us. I really appreciate it. Let's do it again. My pleasure. My pleasure. Anytime. Ghostly Talk. <laughs> well, Leslie was super cool, huh? Yeah, I could talk about Halloween all day. Yeah, yeah she's, she's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, there's the supernatural aspect of it's super cool. I mean, it's super interesting, and it, I mean, I'm always going to be interested in that, but. Uh, just talking about how it does kind of how it is now as opposed to when it and, you, and it's really easy for you to say oh it was way better back then you know and I, I honestly i think it was i mean but maybe it's a different halloween maybe people just celebrate halloween virtually now i mean a lot of people all these kids playing their video games and stuff like that <laughs> maybe they celebrate on there i don't know well and if we we were talking about trunk or treat like if you grow up and that's all you know for trick or treating you're going to have really good memories of trunk or treating. Can you, ex I don't have kids. I don't know what, what so, trunk or, I don't know what that imagine is. Imagine a parking lot. Yeah. Like I said, often it's a church parking lot. Mm -hmm. Everyone parks with their trunks facing 
to the to the like roadway. You pop open your trunk. Some people decorate it. And kids walk to each car yeah. to get candy. Like imagine each car being a house. Okay. And that's how they do it. That's actually a pretty cool and, idea. Yeah. It's like candy tailgating. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And it most it's geared towards little kids, mm-hmm. which is cool because then you don't have like eight year olds wandering around a neighborhood by themselves right. at night. Uh but so we, we oh, used okay. to do it. But like let's yeah. spears in our hands. Some, some of us and some of them just didn't make it through the night. No. <laughs> Leslie had mentioned like that freedom that you had on Halloween. And I don't know if you guys remember that, but I, I yeah, knew exactly yeah. what she was talking yeah. about because you had, we had like, I think we had it, trick or treating, I believe was like five to nine. Mm-hmm. We used to have four yeah, hours. Yeah, you were out all night. Yeah. Four hours. I mean, but you traveled in packs. Yeah. yeah. You know, you'd, always, you'd be with your crew. Yeah. You know, yeah. And y'all dressed up. You know, wearing your little plastic mask. Remember, like, all the costumes used to be like that? Yes. That terrible plastic mask yes. with the little cheap, shitty plastic. Yeah, that you wear, you could yep. only wear for like an hour yeah. and you just lose your mind and, and take it, it off. And then it would, like, crumble into dust as what? soon as you took it off. <laughs> what was everyone's worst costumes when they were little? My mom made, so we grew up kind of, like, uh, poor. And my mom made me wear this clown costume every year for, like, four years straight because she spent, like, it, but she spent a little extra money on it. So that it was nicer, so it lasted. So I was a clown every year for like mm. four years. I mean, she'd paint my face different every yeah. year, but I was like, "Mom, I want to be a clown again." <laughs> oh, I got. I want to mention that Michelle is here with us tonight. One of my Hello. one of my all time favorite people. Well, thank uh, you. Who I've had the pleasure of working with on the movie pot and the movie sleuth, the yeah. real crime podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you were nice enough to come join us here, and I've been wanting to get you over here for so long. I appreciate you, you asking me on because you're my bud. You rule, uh, Michelle thank rules. You. Yeah, and. Mine, oh god, I had the crappiest costume ever. Uh, Gobots, remember Gobots, mm-hmm. uh, the poor man's transformer. Yeah, they're like the Kroger brand transformers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had the Turbo costume, which was a plastic bag basically that looked like a robot, and the plastic mask the with that turbo. little string that would break one minute after you put. Yeah, it on. yeah, like a minute it would break. I actually have the tur. I have a Turbo on the other side of this wall. I mm-hmm. have an original one, uh, but yeah, it was his face. And I was super geeked about that because at the time, you know, that was there was that weird time where I think GoBots kind of hit the market before Transformers did. Yeah. Uh, if I can, if I get my history right, so GoBots were on the market, so we were buying the GoBots, saying, okay, these are really cool. They're like they're like matchboxes that turn into robots, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And then here comes the Transformers, which are three times the size, and they yeah. have all this extra cool Way stuff. Way cooler. And, yeah, and they're like three times as much money, so our yeah. parents were losing their minds. So we all <laughs> we just they squashed GoBots, right? But I remember I had Turbo, who was like a car mm-hmm. or something like that, or it was a motorcycle. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I had that thing. Yeah, I think the string broke like about two seconds after I put it on my head. And it's a plastic bag. Mm. And when you put a plastic bag on you and you're walking for miles, <laughs> you're going to just sweat and get gross and nasty. I just remember being like this. this oh, my, they, my parents put makeup on my face to kind of like compliment the mask. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not good with, like, that clown makeup stuff or whatever you call it. Um, wax makeup. Yeah. Is that what it's called? It was called? like that grease paint stuff. Grease paint. That's where it is. Yeah. And it would always come in those, like, packs. It was, like, vampire pack or wolf pack. And it was always, like, cool looking on the front, but you could never oh, you get know. it to look, like, that no, good ever. Not possible. <laughs> yeah. I just remember just being sweaty and covered with that grease paint. Mm-hmm. And none of it just felt good. The yeah. inside mask is dripping with the condensation. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was just disgusting. Yeah, it was gross. But you, but it it does go back to that because you were able to just take off with your friends. Yep, yep. Even and I'm eight, nine, ten years old. I mean, I could only imagine what my parents felt 
looking back now, how freaked out they probably were. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember, I was lucky because I remember when I was a kid, I had, there was like older guys in the neighborhood that like were cool with me and they were cool with my parents. So they took me out. So I was with all these older guys who were protecting me, right? Yeah. So I think I remember, yeah, I'm remembering all this stuff now. It's all coming back to me. And that, that made, I'm sure that put my parents at ease. I don't think they would have let me just like take off with a bunch of other eight-year-olds or something like that. But who knows? It was a different era. It was a different time. Well, I, I grew up on an Air Force base. So yeah. it wasn't like, you know, it was a little safer, I guess. But my, I always remember, you know, my mom let me go out. But it was like with a bunch of kids. Like you never went out by yourself, you know. And then you had to be back at a certain time. And then, like, you know, on a base, like, all the houses participate in mm-hmm. the candy giving out ceremony thing. So we came, we got back with some pretty good hauls. <laughs> I remember my mom would try to, like, take the candy and, like, you know, give it to you in little bits. But you'd always, like, find where your parents hid <laughs> the candy and just eat it. And then it's gross, like, a month later. It yeah, all hard. dries yeah, out. Yeah, it's all dried out and nasty. Did you do the coffee? Or the coffee. That's because I just drank coffee. Did you do the candy trade? Like, would you sit down oh, yeah. and, like, barter with kids? Like, okay, this is my crap pile. Yeah. This is my good pile. If you want something from the good pile, you're going to have to treat me something yeah. from your good pile. And then, then there was, like, the total, like, shit pile of, like, let's just, this just goes straight to the garbage. Yeah, which, those, for me, Smarties. Smarties. Those dusty ass. Like eating chalk. Gross ass Smarties. <laughs> uh, Bitto honeys. Ugh. Oh, those are great. Disgusting. No, they were Anything good. Anything licorice. Um, licorice, disgusting. Good. Uh, Loved it. Flavored. Tootsie Rolls that were not chocolate. I did like those. Mm-mm. No, the orange ones were good. Nope. Nope. Orange um, creamsicle ones. Yeah. Yeah. What was the other one that the blueberry. was- Blueberry. Absolutely. Di- oh, anything Neko? Neko wafer? That's a Neko wafer. Oh. What are- what? They're like worse than- They're like- They're worse than Smarties. Smarties. Yeah. They're, if something could possibly be worse- They're even dusty. Oh, yeah. that was- that was those like- They were the bigger ones. Yeah. It's like and eating they came like a tube. wafers. Yeah. They were, it was like a wax paper tube. Yes. Oh, those were horrible. And they look like they were from the 1930s. And, and they probably are. They were. Palmer yeah. chocolate. If you got the Palmer chocolate wrapped in foil, and then the foil would always be a little bit chipped on one end, exposing yeah. the chocolate. <laughs> Disgusting. You ate it, though, didn't you? I mean, eventually no, you just I eat don't. The, the, Absolutely the not. Was that, that, Michelle? I said eventually you would. Though, I would not. Get you get desperate. desperate. Nope. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Not it's for like, that candy. I hammered through all the Snickers. <laughs> yeah. And oh, whatchamacallits. Oh, yeah. The fun size like, candy bars, gone. First, yeah, that night, yeah, like Cartman. Just you know, I, that's what I did. I know I just dove in there like Cartman and just just ate everything, and that yeah. was the end of it. And it's like, well, dude, now you're out. What are you gonna do? And fun size now is like half of the fun size then. <coughs> it's like you might taste a little bit of this size. Oh yeah, it's like a little. Bite. It's like a little nug. Yeah. yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, they're like the little squares now. Mm-hmm. Whereas a fun size used to be like half the bar. Yeah, and I we had a neighborhood where occasionally someone would give out the full size candy bar. Yeah, the rich one. The yeah. rich neighbor. And then there was a dentist in the neighborhood that gave us samples of toothpaste. Of course, you can imagine half of those samples ended up on his driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that guy was thinking. There'd be a lady that would always give pennies. Oh, Here's yeah. your penny. What's wrong with that? I, I was like, that's fine, it. cool, thanks, but like, not cool. Did you say apples already? No. Yeah. I never got an apple. I got an apple. Now, that was like a total like stigma because razor blades go in apples. Oh, yeah. Razor think. blades go in candy. Uh, it was always candy. an apple. That's what I always heard. Like needles if going you got, candy. If you got apples, it's going to have a razor blade in it. The new razor blade apple is like, I always laugh at this too. They're like, be careful. They might be putting edibles in their. Oh. I'm like, nobody's giving away their expensive God, edibles. Right. No one's. Just- I heard about that. <laughs> Nobody oh is giving God. those away to kids. Sorry. That is not. Edibles are expensive and they're not giving them to your kid. Oh my God. For real. But I've been seeing like these po- Facebook posts, like, you know, like, oh, well, 
apparently the police pulled over somebody and they had like they I think they worked at a dispensary and they had a bunch of candy in their back that were edibles, right? Because they were going to sell them. And they're like, oh, look out. They're going to be sneaking these into your kids. I was like, man, they ain't sneaking no $20 a thing edibles into their bag. Yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not cheap. Nobody's giving drugs I away mean, to your kids. That's me- not a thing. Maybe if you had like a dickhead kid that lived next to you when he came up to the house, maybe you're like, yeah, okay, we'll drop that in there. He'll have a fun time with that. Like, but that'd be the only time. He's like, the rest of this candy is real good. I don't know. What's your kid doing on the roof of the house? Yeah. What's going on here? (laughs) Uh, Now, I, there was all that horrible stuff, but it was just that freedom. I think that's, that's really what it comes down to. I think that's what the candy, I know it was a big thing. That was a huge thing for people because you get to stuff your face. But I think it was just that, like you were out there. In disguise, mm-hmm. you're able to be anything you want, whatever you dreamed of being, right? Uh, and you're out with your friends and you're, you're free for a couple hours or a few hours, whatever it might be. I think that was the most exciting part of Halloween. Um, and just, I, you know, I, I really wish I could get, t- get in touch with that spirit again. I mean, I just, um, you get older and we all know what happens. When you get older, yeah. you kind of just start getting preoccupied with your job and things like that and unfortunately halloween is one of those things that i mean i enjoy it i like i kind of like just being around it and taking it in but really celebrating it i haven't either of us have really really celebrated it in a long time right amber you put up the halloween tree yeah, yeah the halloween tree is awesome I they have that this year they have this awesome it looks like a christmas tree but it's halloween and yeah. it's orange and has halloween ornaments and it's amazing yeah it, you did put that up this year and yeah so 10 points to you on that because yeah, that was a that. lot of work it might stay up for christmas because <laughs> it can double but uh i don't know we we might go out to eat we're gonna we go might, out to we, eat. we might go to doug's do you guys watch spooky movies Scott well, has, I've been watching Scott's spooky been. movies all month. Yeah, I know you have been. That's like pretty much, you know, that's kind of like as an adult, that's more like how you I, celebrate it. You watch the spooky movies. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, maybe make some Halloween dinner or something. Maybe yeah. watch movies. I, I think the movie thing's a big deal as you get older. Like, yeah. And then like you had mentioned there, there is to um, Leslie about certain movies that just encompass. I, I agree with her on Hocus Pocus. Yes. That movie was kind of a, like, I know oh, it oh. failed when it first came out. Right. Like it, and I don't think I cared for it the first time I saw it. I thought it was kind of like, I don't know, cheesy or something. Yeah. And then over time, I don't know what it is, but it got its cult-like status. And then I just, I love it. I think it's it's so, it's like a really fun movie. Yeah. And it's a little naughty, but not too yeah. naughty. And it's just fun. Campy. Yeah. I, it, it, Bette Midler's great. And just, I don't know, it was an awesome movie. And now I love it. And I love that you can get all this merchandise for it. And like pop figurines and all that cool stuff. But Actually, just saw. Uh, I think it was Forever Twenty One. They released like a Hocus Pocus clothing line. Oh my god! And you could get like Cute. oh no clothes from the show from the movie and like you know all the no it was Hot Topic. I'm sorry, it was Hot Topic. Oh yeah, that sounds more right. Yeah. <laughs> um, hot Topic. Okay, Hot Topic. Scott's That's still favorite. around. Yes. Oh it yeah. is. I go there all the time. They have fun video game shirts in my size. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even know they were still around. Yeah. It's still, I remember. I thought South Park, I thought the goth kids from South Park burned it down or something no, like that. That's what I heard. It's still pretty, <laughs> it's still the most goth store like um, you can go to in the mall, which yeah. isn't saying much, but. Yeah. I think the other adult thing that happens is the haunted house, like the commercial oh. ones. I don't want to deal with that. I have I don't zero interest in deliberately being scared like that. Well, there's some, We there's documentaries on this stuff now. About these these groups that are they they that's what their that's what their job is like yeah. that they do that they work on this all year long and come time Halloween 
that whole month. And there's people that literally come in there and say, okay, I'm going to pay you like 150 bucks. I don't want you to ever let up on me. You can do whatever you want to me within, within, you know, they, and they have a safe word, I guess. Uh, but they, they say just to keep doing whatever you want to me until I throw the safe word out there. If I throw the safe word out there. And some of these, I know there's some of these ones like, you know, if you, you get to the end of it, you get your money back or whatever. I don't know. There's... Did you hear about the one, the $20,000 one? Have no. you heard about I, that you know, I, Something on Facebook, I think I saw. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, like, you have to f- sign a 40-page waiver. Yeah, that's that's what I and saw. And they can, like, yeah. and the waiver says they can, like, it has stuff like, uh, we, you pu- we can pull your teeth out. Oh, no. And, like, it, oh, the, no. A, apparently nobody's ever gotten a $20,000. And I saw some videos from it, and it was, like, it looked like hostile. Like they, uh, and no. people go, but it's weird to me. Like people, they they pay to like go to the thing and experience this. So I, I and I think it's like maybe in you know in our time now, everything's more intense and extreme, right? So now yeah, yeah. we have these people that are paying to have people torture them, right? Like that's just a weird thought. Well, that's just S and M. It's just it's yeah. just BDSM. I mean, but that's like more intense. Like Halloween things are going on now. Well, it's scarier. Yeah, I mean, BDSM. It's more of an organized. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's a relationship. It's an organized. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a, it's a very from what I understand, it's an organized thing. Like you go there, it's a business in right. arrangement, and this is too. Yeah, but it's also more of a fantasy though too. And that's where I think to make the, you know, what you're talking about, though, yeah. like that's a difference right there is, uh, yeah, you're trying to take yourself out of your situation, like comfort your life. Zone. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, your comfort zone, but I think you're just trying to forget who you are and try to be in that moment, uh, which I don't, I don't see the point of that. I mean, I you think that's the appeal of haunted houses in general. Like, what do you think is appealing to haunted houses? You know, to people I never liked those. them. I never, I never liked did them. I think it's the same as like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It's getting scared without consequences. Yeah, that's a good point. But this is this one you're talking about, though. There but are that con- has consequences. Yeah, you're this losing teeth. This one I saw. They were cutting, like they were like holding a lady's head underwater and stuff, uh-uh, and no. like cutting her no, hair. I kicked the shit out of somebody. No. In there. it was like crazy stuff. Like cutting, they were like cutting in between her toes and stuff. Like, oh no, come on, this, that's, that's Dude, creepy. And I'm not sure how real this is. I feel like a lot of it's like this really elaborate, like well, they're they're pumping like, it up, yeah, like bait or something. The, yeah. I'm yeah. like, I feel like this is too extreme to be real. The, it, but yeah. you know, sometimes people are weird and people pay for things and yeah who knows you know i mean i, I would question the mental health of both people par- right. like both parties the i mean they make them sign it? a consent form but yeah i mean if somebody's not healthy in the first place and they how can they give consent like i feel like anybody that would consent to that much torture something something's not wrong right with them well and then they're they're into it yeah it, <laughs> well the one lady in the video she it. seemed like she was regretting her <laughs> involvement but yeah. i don't know like I, I i just feel like you know maybe haunted houses like like you said it's like there's no consequence it's just like fun scary but you know you'll be okay yeah well i mean just going all the way back to like the jc's you know they 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 always have the haunted houses every year and that was like those my, were tolerable those were not for me oh i, I never could, liked I, them. I would do the jc's ones but then when they started doing these extreme ones like in grand rapids it was the haunt that was the first one and that's still around yeah and that you walked in to this giant warehouse and they had this amazing facade of a haunted house and everyone's in elaborate costumes yeah. and you're like holy crap wow yeah, yeah now when you got in it was just a maze of like crap walls set up and like dumb exhibits like here's the clowns and here's the blood and here's the guy cutting up the pigs and like just dumb <laughs> yeah 
And then it, I know over the years, though, it's gotten better and better and better where you feel more immersed. It's not just, oh, now I'm in the warehouse. It's yeah. like they've Disney-fied it. Like you never realize that you are in a warehouse. You're always in this environment, this mm-hmm. ride. Um, and I, I know like in Michigan has like, Huge ones. What is it? Arabis or something? Arabis. Arabis and that's Pontiac. That's one of the ones I thought you could, you like, get that's a national, you could pass that one too. Like, national, like nationally ranked one, I think. It's, it's same with, I think, the Haunted and Grand yeah. Rapids. But well, I, now I don't, I don't want to go to those. I don't like being scared like that. I, I learned that when I was very young. I don't like being startled like that. I don't like... I mean, I, even now, like people will do that. If somebody comes up behind me, like oh out of nowhere... God. It really, it really, like, you'll have people, like, you know, you're standing somewhere and you're talking to somebody and somebody comes behind you and smacks you on the shoulder or grabs you or something like that. And that really, for some reason, it just, it just, it disturbs me. Yeah. It really yeah, upsets or like me. like when I wake you up and you, like, literally turn around with your fist balled and give me a dirty look like you're going to punch well, me. Yeah, I don't respond well to that. That's how I am when people wake me up, too. I don't respond well to it. Like, He's if like, I fall asleep on a couch, just leave me there. I'm going to be angry if you try to wake me I'll up. I'll come in and just be like, I legit have a question to ask you. And he's like, nom, that time and nom. Like, what are you dreaming about? What, what did I say? <laughs> like, you're having PTSD moments or something about your time and nom. <laughs> my time and nom. Name. Like, what is going on? They didn't have the log ride. He's sleep fighting. Yeah, I, okay, anyways. So, no, but, but that thing, I mean, going to the haunted house thing, though, I remember even when I was very young, uh, I didn't like that thing with somebody behind me or out of nowhere, somebody grabs my leg or something like that. It just, I don't remember ever really enjoying it. Yeah. I remember, like, not, you know, don't be a puss, man. You got to go with us. But, you know, as I got, you know, in junior high and high school and stuff, it's like, you know, I followed the herd and we had, we had fun. I mean, I'll admit, we had a good time because I was with my buddies, so we were kind of goofing around and yeah. stuff like that. Um. But I just didn't remember really enjoying that. Like we, like our, you know, Doug and Joe, uh, uh, Joe, Doug's buddy, Joe, he does the haunted houses, right? <laughs> remember that one we went to a couple of years ago, Amber? Or you got this I blank look on that. your face. Oh, you weren't there? No. And we had a riot with that. But even there, there was some, you know, it was another JC's type thing. And they did a beautiful job on it. Um, but even there was this, there was one part we came to where I didn't know where I was like, I was lost. Like, they did a great job. And I'm like, I started getting, like, anxiety. Yeah. I started getting freaked out. And I guess that's the whole point of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say, I don't think I really enjoyed it, though. Um, I, some people I know, that they want to have the shit scared out of them. They want to walk out of there freaked out. And then, and it's and like you said, it's that exhilaration. After that, the endorphins kick in. It's a runner's high you get, right? Literally, that's how you feel. Because, I mean, when, I know when I've left something like that, I've always felt like, okay, well, I'm okay now. And that was fun, and my adrenaline's pumping, and my blood's pumping, and I feel like I've just ran a mile, you know, like fast. Yeah. So there is that runner's high you get from it. I think that's what people, some people get off on that, I think. They just right. they like the high of that, right? So, I mean, I don't know, but I just did something that just... Have you ever been to Theater Bazaar? Oh, I want to go to that so bad. I, I went a couple years ago, and... That's a I, local thing here. Yeah, it's a local uh, Detroit thing, and it's actually more fun than a haunted house because it's immersive to the... But it's not... It's not necessarily scary. It's just a bunch of people dressed like in the craziest outfits you could possibly think. And everybody stays and all the people that work there stay in character. It's like a, it's like you walk into another world, basically. So the Russell Industrial Centers, too, isn't it? Is uh, it, it, it used, to, used to be. Yeah, it used to be. Well, it used to be outside, I think, or something at the Russell. And then the city was like, no, 
and tried to shut it down, and then they now it's at the Masonic. I, yeah, that's okay. what I thought it was there. Yeah. And, and it's pricey if you want to go to the Masquerade yeah. Ball, I think. Yeah, I mean, even if you buy just like a basic ticket for one night, it's going to run you like 100-something bucks. Yeah. Plus, you don't want to be the person showing up like with a really cheese ball costume. No, because <laughs> like people pull out all the yeah. stops at Theater Bazaar. Like, the, like movie quality crazy costumes yeah but everybody's dressed up i don't think you can go in there if you're not dressed up the more i, I think doubt about it. it i've yeah. never seen a picture where there's just like a group of normals just yeah. sitting in the side no like, you hey, have cool. to wear something and dress up in something yeah but no. it's that's like more of a halloweeny to me like and this kind of festive yeah. like like uh devil may care kind of atmosphere aesthetic like it's like very it feels very like pagan and and harvest like ritual yeah. and and everybody's kind of and, and it's a little sexual that's a, it's a bit of a, a sensual kind of event like people are like walking around like you know in skimpy clothes but yeah like pasties yeah yeah so it's kind of like this fun like it, it feels more like old school old olden days yeah. halloween atmosphere yeah i'm trying to think of like the right descriptive words and it's hard i mean really you just got to google theater bizarre detroit yeah to get an idea i love looking at the pictures it's it's i mean if you you got to go at least just one time it it was one of the top five coolest things I've ever been to, honestly. And there's bands and stuff to play too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're actually the band I'm in. We're trying to get in there next year, but it's kind of hard. They're pretty picky. They're pretty well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they sure they want to have a band that fits. Yeah, the aesthetic. right. You guys are fit perfect. You guys are great. That's what I'm saying. We're called Web. I'm like you're called Web, like, and you guys that's look like super Halloweeny. And you guys, I mean, you guys look great. Yeah. You guys, you know, you're, you're total. You got your eye thing. You always put your eye. Yeah, you're, I put my eye, my white out contacts in. <laughs> Everybody's always scared of those, but I, like that kind of stuff is like really cool. I wish they did more things like that, more festival ce- celebration kind of of the season. Yeah, there's the Damned show too, which is another Detroit. Yeah, like, it's I've a, been to that but as that's well. more of like an art yeah. focus, I think. Then yeah. they have like then, a fancy dinner, and that's yeah. more like a masquerade. And they have um, it, Damned show is way more intimate setting. Yeah, uh, it's very art house and performance art. More so, and and like theater bazaar is more like burlesque and yeah. exciting. Yeah, burlesque. That's the word I was yeah. thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Beebs. Beebs. <laughs> <laughs> there are boobs. We were talking about movies and stuff a few minutes ago, and um. And now we're talking about boobs. We're talking about boobs. <laughs> uh, and then I think that is for for when you get older. It's I think it is one of the easiest ways I should say. I mean, I don't know if it's the best way to say it, but it is one of the easiest ways you celebrate the holiday, right? And this year, I really tried to make a point of that. You I'm were do- tearing some movies up. I saw when you posted. Oh, there's some of them bullshit. They were garbage. You know, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, and I've always, you know, even working on the site and stuff like that. I mean, I always came at any movie. I've said, I think I said this a couple weeks ago. Whenever I was doing movie reviews, I always came at every movie, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this with the, you know, I'm gonna give it the best shot I can. I, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and I'm gonna be fair. Yeah. And look, all right. There's just some stuff I'm seeing. I'm like, okay, okay so what dude. was the worst one you saw? That one Halloween at Aunt Emmett's house or whatever. Oh, that one I hadn't even heard of. Oh, it's ridiculous. Where was that? It was on Netflix or something? Yeah, no, I think it was on Hulu. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, I just wanted stuff I could get to easy. Yeah. I didn't want to have to just go on a scavenger hunt to find mm-hmm. a movie. I just wanted stuff like, you know, on the streaming services I could pop on and watch. Uh, and I didn't want to deal with any epics. I just wanted like an hour and a half and out. Something, yeah. you know, just, just to get it. And there, there's been a million of them that I loved. There's been some really great stuff that I got to watch this month. That was the one you said, yeah, my worst one. Yeah, that one is Halloween at Aunt Emmett's house. Or so, some what shit. was the best first time watch you had? Oh man, I got now you now you're blowing my mind up. <laughs> I gotta go to my Instagram now. 
I'm going to Instagram so I can was look. Was that one with Nicole Kidman? What? I don't know. You said something good about that one, and I can't I'm going on Instagram. Name. Hang on, I'll find out. <laughs> All right. Where's my Instagram at? <laughs> yeah, I play some music <laughs> while I'm while you're waiting. <laughs> um, I'm looking right now. I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> Just hang on. I was doing the music. That's First summoning I mean. sucked. Also, it was terrible. What did? First summoning. I haven't heard that one either. Um. That sounds like one you'd get at like the dollar bin at Walmart, <laughs> like in that big crate they have with the DVDs in. Under the skin. Oh wow! That was, was that good. the Nicole Kidman? No, no that, that was. Has, uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a really good movie. That's one. I, that's and it's one of those ones I've said this about a lot of them because I don't get the. I just don't see. I'm busy, right? And that's one of those ones where it's like I know I saw like people pushing the hell going, yeah. dude. This movie's amazing. You gotta. You got to watch this movie. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get around to it. Well, I did mm-hmm. years later. And it's not that old, actually. No. You know? um, and that movie was just frightening. You know, interestingly enough, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but in uh, for so Underskin, we'll just give them like, like a little basic thing, not spoilers. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's a, a woman drives around and she picks up men for an unknown reason to you in the beginning. And she takes them back to her place where something happens to them, something kind of supernatural and and you know weird, right? Yeah. Um, those men that she picks up are real, like they were. Yeah. Filmed no, I read about, that. You, like, yeah, hidden camera type of a thing, and then they were like, "Oh, you could. Do you want to be <clears throat> in the film?" So they their reactions waiver. are, they re- are real. Yeah. Yeah, I read that after the movie, and I'm, that just made it even more creepy to me. Yeah. Because I mean, it really was her soliciting. Right. Men, yeah, for this for this thing. The other one that I watched that just blew my mind so far was the Greasy Strangler. Oh, holy crap! That was the weirdest. Not only was it just <laughs> gut wrenchingly repulsive to watch, but not you know it wasn't. It was a different type of repulsive though, for obvious reasons. It wasn't you know like gore and all that shit. Yeah. You know, Halloween blood all shooting all over the place. It was just you know the Greasy Strangler, and it's aggressively weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, like, it's, it's, weird to the point where it starts, you know, like, it's unsettling, like, how just off every single aspect of everything about that film is. It, it had me just, the whole way through that thing, I'm just like, what is going to happen next? <laughs> and then it never I'm, makes sense and ever. And it never makes sense. It's bizarre as hell, and it's just gut-wrenchingly repulsive to watch. Uh, but at, at the same, it was... Hard to watch, but at the same time, I didn't feel, I mean, it was repulsive, but I didn't feel repulsed at the same right. time. It was weird. I, I, it was so polarizing to watch that whole thing through. That movie I mentioned before that sucked really bad was, uh, actually, it was a uh, Halloween at Aunt Ethel's. That just sounds like it's not going to be good. Was well, that the one I was making fun of that day? They were yeah, like, Mom, really where's bad. my, what'd you do with my bowl? You yeah, took my yeah. weed, Mom. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> like, what the, the movie. hell is he watching? Just turn it off. And I think I told you just turn it off. And I, I think you did. No, I was that I, the one you turned off. I finished. Oh it. God! I think, yeah, you went to work and I finished it. Uh, and yeah, it it really it was it wasn't fun. Triangle was really cool too. Oh yeah, yeah that's I, a good I movie. I enjoyed Triangle. I mean, as far as that's a very strange film too. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. Uh, but it was it was super cool and. What we become, I enjoyed. I think, yeah, I, I liked what we what we become. Mm-hmm. That was a cool flick. I mean, I've got to watch a lot of good stuff. I mean, I, I I'm kind of at the end of the month now, and I don't want to be ex- exploring. So I'm kind of like just hitting my favorites. Like, right. I watched Martyrs a couple days ago. Oh, which man, is, Martyrs uh, is a hard one to watch too. Oh my Oof. god. 
Martyrs is really good, but the French it's version. Like, the French version. Yeah, no, the yeah. remake's garbage. It's, it's horrendous. Yeah. No, it's 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 that's another one that's hard to get through. But if you've watched it one time and you understand the premise, to yeah. me, I think the premise is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know how these people actually regard what's happening. Like, and I don't want to spoil it either. There's there's a there's a love about that whole thing that's happening. Um, and it's also very brutal too. Right. Uh, and I, it's it's a really hard movie to get through. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I just I, I've seen it a bunch of times now, so I yeah. don't really get too freaked out about it. And I watched the Prophecy last night, which is one of my all time. Yeah, that's favorites. another good flick. Christopher Walken playing Gabriel, just you can't miss with that dude. And he did it. I'm gonna, I think, I mean, I'm gonna spoil it now. I think I'm gonna watch uh, two and three. Mm-hmm. You know, or, I don't think I've seen three. I've only three seen is two. awesome. Or maybe I, I've seen two prophecy movies, and I don't know if one's three. They all kind it's of the first one and one yeah. of the other ones. They all kind of start. You can see they start spending less and less money <laughs> as they go along because there's there's actually five of them. Oh wow, I didn't know that. There's five of them. There's what? four and five. There's Forsaken and Uprising, or Uprising and Forsaken. When did the four. fifth one come out? Oh, that was yeah, that was like ten something years ago. Now. Oh okay. Um, here's some here's some actual trivia. If I if I can get this right. I think it's the Prophecy Uprising and Hellraiser Debtor. We talked about Hellraiser till we were blue in our faces last week. Um, hang on. I, I, wanna, I don't want to totally screw this up. Hellraiser, the Prophecy. Um, because there's an actual um, relation with, um, with, these, with those two films. Because they filmed, if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, I'm, I don't feel like playing with Google, but they filmed Hellraiser Debtor. Which is like number six or seven? Yeah, seven. Uh, uh, at the same time, they filmed the Prophecy Uprising. So if you watch, they filmed them in the same location at oh. the same time, and you notice if you watch them, you'll see all the same actors in both oh, films. Oh no, there's probably yeah. some props probably got swapped. Yeah, I'm sure they did. They they did it to save money. I mean, yeah. there's there's a handful of reasons, but and but two different people directed them. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I'd have to look. I mean, it's just something you can you can you take that and yeah, everybody out there and you Michelle too. I mean, take that and play with it because it's true. That's actually what went down. Um, but yeah, there's five of them actually. There's the first huh. three with Christopher Walken, and the last two don't have Christopher Walken in them. He's like, I'm not doing because he's like, yeah, this you is can't bullshit. afford me. Yeah, I'm not doing this crap. But they're fun. <laughs> they're and they're still fun to watch. I yeah. I like the series. I like the franchise. I like what how they portrayed what angels are mm-hmm. a much darker you know creature well angels like if you read the bible you know the way they're described they're monsters basically like yeah. they look like they have like eyes all over their bodies and like yeah. a ton of wings and they're not like this cuddly you know thing that they get portrayed as now i yeah, always yeah. thought that was especially if you read the like apocryphal books yeah like they're just like they're scary yeah which i always thought like is more interesting idea to, to take with angels that they're scary that they're that like you know you as a human you can barely comprehend their forms and stuff because they're just like otherworldly you know yeah yeah totally i mean and they are perceived i think a certain way and that's what i like about the prophecy because they are there's some i mean i think the stories are really good too with those yeah. movies especially the first three but they're portrayed and i you know can't drive yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. Like all powerful, all knowing yeah. that they can't drive. You know, it's just this hilarious idea. Or you know, they don't know how to use computers. I mean, yeah. they're like, are, why would they need? To they're millions that, of yeah. years old, yeah. and they just don't can't grasp what this thing is. This box with blinking numbers and mm-hmm. stuff on it. So those movies are fun. I, I'm going to probably bang out the rest of those uh, before the holidays over. You've been watching stuff. I've seen you banging around. What have you watched this month? Oh gosh, I watched. I watched a. Bu- I tried to do where it was stuff. 
I hadn't seen before. Because I have, you know, I collect a lot. So oh, I'll have movies that I bought five years ago that I haven't even, you know, opened. <laughs> so I was trying to, I'm trying to remember what I watch now. Um, What did I watch? I watched a movie the other night. It was a Korean, a South Korean film made in the 70s. It was like kind of like a mystery, like a like a philosophical movie about is a guy as basically it's called a woman chasing the butterfly of death. And then it's about a guy that basically he has death going on all around him and everywhere he goes to keep seeing death. Like there's like this, um, his girlfriend tries to poison him. Like in the first minute of the movie, like she tries to poison him. Yeah. Poison. She gives, she has like poison drinks and she gives him one of them and she drinks it hers and then he doesn't yeah. drink his. So she just dies and he's like, Oh no. Yeah, and then like he's visited by this old guy that says he can stay alive just by the force of will. Yeah, and you know, and and the guy and this guy's like kind of like haunting and stalking him, so he kills him and he buries him, and then the guy comes back, and then so he burns his body, and then he comes back as a skeleton, and the skeleton's like talking shit to him. That sounds Korean. Yeah, it's super (laughs) duper weird though. Like, yeah, very strange. But I do watch classic stuff. Like I watched. Return of the Living Dead. Oh, man. I love that movie awesome. so much. Yeah. I watch it every single Halloween, I think. Well, one of the questions I've been asking myself throughout this month, because I've never done this before. I mean, I'm doing a movie a day, which is not yeah. not easy. No. It's a lot of work. Um, sorry, guys. I'm all phlegmy still. I'm trying to... I'm, I'm like... Uh, but anyway. <laughs> um, one of the things I was thinking about, though, with this, when I was trying to... I'm like, okay, well, what constitutes... A good movie to watch on Halloween. Like the actual day itself? Well, no. I mean, just through this, you know, like it's the Halloween holidays. It starts, you know, like I said, it starts the beginning of October or maybe the last week of September. And you're, uh, you know, like what are, I guess my idea, because I was like, well, I want to watch these movies, but am I watching like movies that are really good for Halloween? Yeah. You know, Uh, and I mean, I think I've got it down because what, you know, the problem I think, it's not a problem. And I think this has been going on for many, 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 many years. Is that genres cross over so easily mm-hmm. now when it comes to movies and any type of thing yeah. like that? So, um, you know, like I think I'm leaning myself. I'm starting to enjoy like sci-fi horror a lot yeah. more. Like that's my thing. I've never we've discussed this. I've never been a big zombie guy. Yeah, zombies just don't do it for me. I think and there's a but there and there's plenty to watch. Yeah, if you're a zombie person, there's plenty to bite down. That's my favorite. And yeah, I know you love like that. Hundreds of zombie movies. Yeah, uh, I think I'm leaning more towards the sci-fi horror stuff. Yeah. So I'm doing more of that it's a lot less common too they don't really do that a whole lot no they don't and they're like what's the one i'm thinking of the most event horizon yeah well, they that's don't make insane. a lot of stuff like that they don't know? they don't uh sunshine was one i watched oh yeah yeah that, you know that and that yeah that does get kind of freaky mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's and that's like that's another alex garland well, it's basically a slasher yeah it at, is at the halfway point it is i mean that's another alex garland film who did annihilation which yeah. is pretty insane to watch yeah. also and that's another one you were saying it's more like kind of like uh, a mesh of genres, right? Because, like, yeah, 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 it's totally sci-fi. A little fantasy, I would say. Yeah, even. yeah, totally. And horror. Body yeah. horror. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's there's a lot of stuff wrapped in one. So it's like, I, I find myself asking, like, okay, what's a... I mean, you can go to the Staples, Halloween, yeah. Friday the 13th, uh, all the Hellraiser movies, mm-hmm. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, you have Night playing of Living a, Dead. Night of Living Dead, yeah. yeah. I'd, we, we tried... Oh, my God, Amber. I was riddled with complete fatigue... And Amber was just getting annoyed because I tried to put her through Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> and I, I just wasn't your thing. Am I correct? Okay. The problem is, like, it's not that I can't appreciate the movie and mm-hmm. see where, like, 
oh, if I, if I look at it from a historical perspective and you start to see like, oh, look at the influences uh, where future zombie movies came from and yeah. they had they they didn't have all the special effects. So you mm-hmm. look at how they did things to make things creepy and you know, whatever. But I didn't see these movies because I, when I was a little kid, I, I would censor myself. I, I did not watch horror movies for a really long time. My dad let me watch whatever I wanted. It seems whenever I would go to his house on weekends and I just was like, after a while, I felt like traumatized. Like yeah. I've seen one too many creepy things. I can't sleep. I'm done. So when Nightmare on Elm Street came out, I was like, nope. Uh, uh, other movies, just nope. And I just never went back and watched any of those. Yeah. So now when you're older and you and you sit down and you're trying to watch it like for real, I'm like, uh. now, obviously that was not even made when I was a kid. It's older <laughs> than that. But I, I I would have to just sit and watch it for historical reasons. Right. I couldn't get any joy from it except for going on IMDb, looking to see what actors were still alive. Yeah. And then learning that that was the first representation of an African-American as a hero in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's cool. Yeah. And he died at like 55. Because again, I was looking at that. But And then he's fallen asleep. And I want to watch Handmaid's Tale. That was a mess. Yeah. Was so a I'm like, Scott. And I kept waking him up. I'm like, you're falling asleep. Go to bed. He's like, yeah. And then he'd watch the movie for a up, bit. And yeah. I want to hit her. And he'd say something about <laughs> Nam again. And then and like, finally now. he turned it off. And then I was like, Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale. I mean, like, 9-11 Dead, definitely, if you watch it, it like, when it came out, it, it was yeah. mind-blowing to people. Like, that documentary style, yep. you know, horror films, were people were used to hammer yep. horror, right? Which is, like, very gothic, oh God, very yeah. very stagey, very like a play, right? Yep. And then and then 9-11 Dead comes out, and it's some guy, like, you know, holding the camera, doing a right. handheld style, and there's, like, people eating people, and they're like, yeah. holy shit, and there's a black guy, and he's smacking white yeah. people around, and... People were like, whoa. And it, whoa, could, whoa, and it whoa. looked like it could happen. Yeah. And like, it was cannibalism. People, you know, but when you watch it now, it seems very tame. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not scary. Like when I watch it, it's, it feels like more like you ever listen to the War of the Worlds yeah. radio oh, broadcast? Yeah, yeah. The original. And how it's not, it's, you can, but you can tell how it was scary to people back then, but now it's like really campy. Yep. I wouldn't say Night Limb Dead's campy exactly, but it's very of its time and, and, and it just doesn't have an impact it had then because oh, yeah. it's been done a million times yep. before, right? But it's My, fun to watch, like you said, historical. It's a trailblazer. It's yeah, all, it's that's what that's. Which that is movie a perfectly really is. valid way to watch sure. any film, in and, and my opinion. You know, there were some movies when I was little, like from the '80s, that stuck with me. That I don't know. I guess I watch them now too, and I'm like, ah, oh, like that's not as scary. But uh, first Poltergeist, like yeah. or one and two, there was whatever still one, rules. whatever one where he. Craig T. Nelson, I think, drinks the tequila worm. <gasps> the tequila worm was the Uber scariest thing ever that, to me as a kid. It stayed with it's me. It's still scary. Yep. God is um, in. Yeah. When he brought that worm up, I yep. swear to God, I had nightmares forever from Disgusting. that. That stuck with me. The lady from Pet Cemetery. Oh, that Rachel. one messes everybody yeah. up, man. Rachel. She stuck with me. That messes everybody uh, up. The, in Hellraiser, it was the muscle guy. He was oh, nothing Frank. but muscle. Uncle Frank. Yeah. That bugged me as a kid and like would stick Come with to me. Um, because that was probably a movie that I watched again when I'm like, you're like eight. Like I shouldn't be watching that when I'm eight. Like bad. No, I, I uh definitely go ahead. No, and um there was another one I was thinking of that uh stuck uh oh, Phantasm. Oh yeah, Phantasm. Well not the you know, we talked about I this. Know. The original Phantasm is pretty bad. I, I part I, two. I, yeah, yeah, part two is what really started leaning into the tall man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And that's the one. And, and that was one of those ones for me, too. My parents sent me to a drive-in. <laughs> and we saw that at a drive-in. 
and the idea just I guess the idea of a ball flying at you with with spikes. with spikes on it. Yeah. That really screwed me up when I was younger. That's one of those ones that never left me. And when she mentioned, you know, years ago, say like, I want to watch that fan. I'm like, oh my god! And I forgot, you know, it was so many years. Yeah. We got the first one. I'm like, okay, this guy's well, been, play- yeah, this guy's been playing like, acoustic guitar for like a half an hour. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, and was then done. it was two that we were like, oh, two, this, like, this is, is what. Good. Okay, this yeah. is the one we remember. Oh, yeah, and that character, the tall man. I mean, that's that just freaky. Could, I think that is due for a redo. No, leave it alone. No. It's fine. I, I think, think you could do it, but the guy's going to not be tall or something. They'll jack something up. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be open to them redoing that one. They probably yeah. will, though. I'm surprised they haven't. So that's a Halloween movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking, like that's a, you know, we're going down the line here, and you really went down well, the I, line. You I, nailed I, it. You nailed it. I feel like it's good. older horror movies feel more Halloween-esque to me, like classic, like 80s movies. 80s horror is like my favorite yeah, era. That, yep, yep, yep. It's just... Uh, I guess maybe it's just it's 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 the nostalgia for us. Yeah, they uh, use practical effects more. I feel like it's a little more organic. They feel like more. I don't know. It was like, pre CGI. Yeah, but those put the hook yeah. in us though too. Those were like I said, that was more of a nostalgic thing. Those put the, yeah. those put the hook in us too, and I, and I think like I and maybe newer films, and I could be totally wrong, but um, I think some of the newer films they try to try to pander to that idea too much. Like yeah. they, they try too hard to be like, you know, a, a Halloween movie. Like right. The, you know, this is like when you think of Halloween, you think of this set of movies, like mm-hmm. Amber said, right? Uh, which those all are perfect. Right. That's that's exactly what I think, too. I think it's what you think also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen a handful of like, you know, I mean, Halloween at Ann Athels. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude, come on. <laughs> and it's it, it, now, I mean, it was obviously an independent film and I yeah. shouldn't be so hard on it. But I'm like, dude, I watched The Endless. And then I watched that. Oh, you know what I mean, yeah, the endless really good. Yeah, I mean, come on, it, it just there's no real. It's like apples and oranges. You can't yeah. really compare the two. Fairly. And the funny thing is, the endless is also an indie film. Yeah, it it's is. It's just better made. That know? was that one. It was the other one, Resolution. Yeah. Which that's what blew my mind. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil anything because I watched Resolution years ago, and then I'm watching the endless. Yeah. And they, I'm like, I remember that. Dude, and then that I'm was like, a, oh my god, dude, holy crap. When I saw the endless, I was like, this is a better this is a better crossover than like Endgame and Infinity War. Totally. I was like, when I when I watched Endless, I was like, oh, the resolution guys. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. My boyfriend hadn't seen Resolution, so he yeah. didn't know why I was like getting all excited. Yeah. Because he just kind of tags along with me to movies. That's exactly sometimes. what I did though. I was like, oh my yeah. god, I know the I resolution guys. And that's cosmic horror, which is another kind of horror that's a lot more niche and like esoteric. Like you don't really get a lot of it's very hard to do Lovecraftian right. Yeah, well, I mean, and they the don't cosmic really horror, horror yeah, as much. I more. mean, you got the cosmic horror, you got Alien. I yeah. mean, that's like yeah. the ultimate cosmic horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original Alien. That we don't even need to talk about that. That's a no brainer. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. That was awesome. It's a hard house in space. That's what yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it, it's absolutely terrifying. Nope. Still is terrifying to watch. And that was no CGI. Yeah. Just and that was all practical. absolutely terrifying props. Yep. Dude in a suit. That's all it was. Yeah. Uh, and the the fact that. It could happen because it's aliens. They yeah. could be out. These things could be out there. Well, yeah. Cause, I mean. Or the thing, too. Oh, dude. That's oh like kind of like the same reason alien scary is the thing scary. It's like. Yeah, what it's the hell is this thing? Yeah. What the there. hell is it? Like, Well, in, I mean, I hate to go back to. I love talking about Annihilation because I love yeah. that movie. But I mean, going back to that for a second, that's a cosmic horror movie, too, mm-hmm. because of what. I don't want to spoil it, but. Yeah. It's something. It's the same idea. Like the thing. It's this thing that just, it, it's just being what it is. Yeah. 
It's not evil. It's not good. Mm-hmm. It's just doing what it's it does. It's just surviving. It's just dealing with, with the situation, right? And the same thing with the xenomorph, mm-hmm. with the alien. The alien, that's one, you know, it's one of the greatest lines in part two that I think I, that, that Ripley ever said. She's like, you know, I don't know who's worse, us or them. You don't see them fucking each other over for a percentage. Yeah. You know, because they're just acting on they're impulse. They're just animals. They're, they're just doing what they're doing. Yeah. They're protecting their hive, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have a construct of what evil and good are, right? And the same thing with the shimmer mm-hmm. from Annihilation. And I don't want to say it, it, yeah. it's not evil. It's not good. It's just it's just responding. It's doing what it does, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's that idea, like cosmic horror. But I mean, that's what animals though do do too. Like you know, you, Cujo. Yeah. I mean, now that was an animal that was sick. Yeah. Right. But I mean, animals respond the same way on the planet. And we hear about, well, this shark ate this kid. Well, yeah. I mean, that's really I mean, he sad. He wasn't trying to be mean. He no. was just hungry. It wasn't like laughing it wasn't and personal. twisting its. It wasn't twisting yeah. its mustaches. It <laughs> swam away, eating the kid. It's eating. Yeah, it's, it's being just, what it is. It's like us eating a burger. Like I, I don't mean any harm to the burger, but it's, it's gonna get eaten. It was delicious. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, burger, you got ate. So, but, but yeah, cosmic horror is another one of those. Two. And to me, that is the most terrifying. And maybe that would be like, would you say triangle? Yeah. Is cosmic horror? Yeah, I mean, because what the, you don't know what the hell it is. Oh, by the way, if you haven't seen it, you would love Time Crimes. I've never seen that. That is a movie that's very similar to Triangle. In fact, it came out before Triangle, but it's got the same kind of stuck in the loop thing. Yeah. It's that oh, like kidding. concept. You'd really like Time Crimes. It's like directed by this Mexican guy. Yeah. I like the idea of not knowing at the end. You know, nothing. We've talked about this a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Um, I am okay with the idea of leaving a movie with not all the answers. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Some some people get really bothered by that. I don't need it to all be tied up in a nice little like we had Max Lictor on last week, who's the, you know who, who's really he's one of the Hellraiser. He makes boxes mm-hmm. for Hellraiser. He does the lament configurations. Oh, okay. they're beautiful. I'll show you the one I that he gave me upstairs. I ran and raved about it all last week. We'll show. We'll look at it later. Right. Um, but that's one of the things I flat out said to him too, and we all talked about it. I'm like, I love Hellraiser one and two, but I tell you what, they didn't need to make two. No. They, I would have been perfectly fine with just Hellraiser because I left that movie when I saw it the first time going, what the hell are the Cenobites? Yeah. What are these things? They're mystifying. They're crazy. We don't know what they are. They're grotesque. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really even know where they're from. Right. I mean, you know, they're from hell. They're demons, blah, blah, blah. You know. But I mean, it's like we don't really know where they're from. And then, of course, part two came out and it kind of fleshed it out a little bit. And yeah. we got to see their humanity and things like that, which it's a, fa- it's a phenomenal movie. I love right. part two. To me, one of the hand pound for pound, one of the bloodiest movies I've ever seen is, is Hellraiser Two. Um, but if it wasn't made, or three, or four, or five, well, or six, or seven, that's what kind of made cool. the, the series go downhill. I think was that they tried to explain Pinhead, yeah. and, and humanize him. And the what what made Pinhead scary was the his alienness. Like yeah. you don't know why he was like that. Like what made him that way? Where did that's what makes it scary? I feel like movies. I think that's the issue with like sequels and franchises is like the first movie is always like this great thing, right? Like let's talk. I mean, this is a kind of a little off topic, but like the Matrix, for example. Yeah. The Matrix, very simple premise. People living in a, a simulation, and at the end, the guy can see outside simulation, and he flies away. The end, right? <laughs> that could have been the whole thing, right? Yeah. It would have been perfect. But yeah. no, we gotta have sequels because it made money, right? Now we gotta explain all this other shit yeah. and all this other stuff that doesn't matter. 
that's the same same thing that's with the Star Wars movies. Like they keep trying to explain all this stuff that never needed an well, explanation. Well, it's all origins films now. Yeah, it's only be doing origin, origin, but origin. But we don't we don't need to know that stuff. And yeah. then when you and now they're just complicating what's a great simple premise with this ec- extra information that a isn't as good as the original, and b now it's just adding more fluff into the mythos, right? Yeah. Like well, like you said, Hellraiser one perfect ending. Like where were they from? Mm. Yeah, no idea. Where was Pinhead? Mm. I can wonder now. Yeah, you know. I can wonder now. Yeah, and that's scarier. What your imagination oh, comes up dude, with. Oh, dude, you're kidding me. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, you mentioned cosmic horror and like everything we've talked about now. If you lock onto that idea of what cosmic horror is, cosmo, I mean, at least to me, is you know aliens, UFOs, and we talk about that stuff a lot here. Yeah. Um, I think people are really scared of UFOs still. A lot of people are, because they, it is the unknown. And there's been plenty of movies made on that very idea. I mean, about what's aggressive. What's the light in the sky? Or what, what's the oh, fire, fire in the, the sky? sky? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that that's, movie's uh, fucking scary. Yeah, that movie's no, freaky. I, I don't know why. I In my realms of running around talking to people involved in UFOs and paranormal, I do not come across people that seem to be as affected as I was by that movie when I was when I watched that, again, based on a true story. So yeah. you're like, what the hell? Mm-mm. The, like the last 15 minutes when Travis Walton is going through like the, the maple syrup yeah. falls and you know he's hiding underneath the table and then he starts getting <laughs> flashbacks about what yeah. they did to him on the table and then you're seeing little flashes of these grays and dragging oh and, and then that's the only movie and I'm sure I've said this on the show before only movie that has made me physically ill like I wanted to like go like gag yeah and that's when he's floating around he wakes up and he's like in that cocoon mm-hmm. and then he I don't oh, know. Man, that's, that's Ship so takes a hard up. right, wrong way or something. Yeah. I have no idea. And he goes, and he starts floating around and then gets sucked into like another guy's pot and his hands like slide into the rotting chest cavity yeah. of like another oh, yeah. guy. And he pulls him out and just looks at his hands in horror. And you're like, Bleh. like, that makes me want to sit like that a gag right now. It's so scary. Like it's, and it's PG 13. I, and I get there was a ton of swearing, but like that whole, and I know that now in reality, Travis Walton's abduction experience was nothing like that. Mm-hmm. It, it was terrifying, but it was not. That was very glamorized for Hollywood. Right. So, okay, good to know. Yeah. In case I ever get abducted, I won't be like f- sliding into other chest cavities. Hopefully not. But yeah. it still, how they portrayed it really messed me up. And mm-hmm. I had no interest in that subject after that whatsoever. I was like, nope. If it had aliens, I didn't even want to look at it, watch it. It would like it was like trigger for me. Like That's probably the scariest alien movie terrifying. ever, honestly. Like, yeah. And I think, and like like we were saying, it's scary because they don't explain why the aliens are doing no, any of the things they're no, doing, they're and doing none of it, it makes sense. It's just horrible, frightening, and it's like all like I like I talked about earlier, primal fears, stuff going in your eye. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Like being confined, like yep. claustrophobia. It's like every primal fear like happens to this one guy. Yep. It's just so hor- horrifying, and like that complete loss of control and confusion, and not knowing what's going on, and then and just getting dumped back. Boom, and then oh, see ya, you know. I did like the. Well, that's when we watched a bunch of times together the remake of War of the Worlds. Well, I do like with Tom that. Cruise. That movie's great. It's that, insane. That it looks movie, so though, good. It yeah. is still scary, and I think one of the scariest sounds. Uh, wow. Yeah. Oh my god! That, I had that sound. as my. Uh, uh, like notification on my phone oh. when that when that movie first came out, <laughs> and then I was like in a store and somebody was like, "Oh, is that that world the world noise?" I was like, "It is." Yeah, <laughs> and, and the fact that they've and that kind of plays on your fear too that they've always been here. Yeah, they've always been underground waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
played a lot. And it was also like kind of like a 9-11 allegory yeah. too. Like when they're running and like they're turning and they're like zapping him next to him. And he's all covered in ashes of people when he gets yep. home. It was a very 9-11 movie. Yeah. That, which I didn't notice until I rewatched it a couple years yeah. ago. I was like, yeah. man. Because that did come yeah. out long. That came out 2005, 6? No, earlier than that. Was it really? Like, it, 2003. I have the internet. Yeah, it wasn't. You can look at the internet. But it was uh, very informed by that, I felt like. For like, sure. Well, I Especially mean, with, like you said, the panic of a, of a when you look at 9-11 footage and people mm-hmm. running from that 2005. dust. 2005. Yeah. Oh. It was 2005? Yes, it was. But it, it's also that idea of, huh. like, absolute chaos and and how, you know, stuff can go to hell really quickly yep. and there's nothing you can do about nope. it. And it's random, like, you know, and that's how 9-11 was. Like, there's just this huge, this huge thing that was happening and nobody knew what was going on for, like, the first couple hours it was going on. Well, that's know? horror right there. Right. And War of the World's the same thing. It's like this this alien thing. Like, what's, nobody knows what the hell is happening, yeah. you know? Well, and that's what truly is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, as far as the reality of things, um, yeah, something like 9-11, that really was. I mean, and, it's, and, that, and I'll, tell, I'll give you the proof of that, too. We all know where we were, yep. what we were doing. Yeah, that's our, our generation's Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, we all knew exactly what was going on at that time where we were at in life. And it's something we look back on now. And it was that confusion for a long time from throughout the day. Like, what the hell's going like, on here? Honestly, the entire day, uh, I was in the military when it happened. So I got recalled to work and I was at the gym and uh, I got recalled to work. And they're like, <laughs> you got to come in right now. And they wouldn't tell me why. And what branch were you in? The Air Force. Okay. And I get to work and it's like all, it was just absolute mayhem at work. And I'm an air traffic controller. So uh, they called me in because they needed, th- we had to land all the planes and planes were also coming from other places and landing at our base. Oh my God. So they needed extra controllers. So I'm just like landing on these planes. And then so for like the first two or three hours, I had no idea what the hell was going on because there's no TVs in the control tower, right? And they didn't tell anything. So finally everything's down and I go downstairs. And I look on the news and I was like, it was the most, it still blows my mind how surreal it was. If I was like, yeah. I felt like I was watching a movie. Did Did you have, when you were sitting there landing all these planes, like in an emergency fashion, were you like, what the hell, what, what were you thinking? I was like, I, I, okay, so honestly, because they called me into work and then they immediately told us that we were uh, ThreatCon Delta. ThreatCon Delta is like you're getting nuked or something. Like oh. that's how high that is. Oh, wow. You couldn't leave the base. You had to stay where you were. They recalled everybody to work. They didn't tell us why, you know, and nobody knew what was going on that was at work. I, I think they didn't want us to know right away because we had that job to do and they didn't want us like freaking out. Well, yeah, they want, I mean, they it's already freaked out. But yeah. so after it was over, they're like, OK, you know, the United States is under attack by terrorists. And I was like, what? The? I thought I honestly thought like, hey, we got nuked or something really, really bad happened. Like, hmm. I, like you said, the unknown, my imagination was running wild. So finally, I go downstairs and I see like they're replaying the buildings collapsing and stuff. And I was like. It was blowing my mind. Like, I honestly had, like, a mental break for maybe, like, 30 minutes watching that stuff. It was, like, so surreal. I was like, there's no way that is real. Like, Yeah. Yeah, that was like watching a horror movie on, yeah. on TV live because I saw the second tower live fall. I, you watched the plane yeah, go right saw, into yeah, it, and I, I was just, too. like, sitting there. And then I watched live the random building yeah. also, whatever that people was. People just screaming where yeah. I was at. Like, and, we were in a we – they, they, we got out – I worked in a call center at the time, and we, we shut it down. Like, we stopped working. Like, and this was, like, hardcore. Like, you don't get off that phone. You yeah. Know, you know, it, it wasn't, like, telemarketing, but it was, like, you know, it was a call center. It was a service center. Uh, and they, we stopped. 
we stopped and we all kind of went into our room and had a TV. You know, they put a TV on. Yeah. And there was people just screaming when we saw that second that second plane. I think that was the the day that everybody in America collectively just held their breath and was like, "What is happening?" Yeah. Like it that's and 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 I and I think it's interesting that horror movies have tried to capitalize on that. Like you said, War of the Worlds. I don't know if I would say it's pure horror. It's like sci-fi horror, like you said. But I mean, well, psychological horror. Yeah, psychological yeah. horror. And I think that you know a lot of that's still a fear for people. I mean that. That idea, though, like, the, well, I mean, we just talked about it a minute ago, like, you know, wonder, like, what is this thing? I don't understand it. Yeah. Right? That can be really horrible when you turn that around mentally and you're in a situation now where you don't understand what's going on. You don't know what's happening. That's what makes it so disturbing. Yeah. And hard to deal with is because it's like, because I think people... You know, we're all pretty used to being in control of things. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all used to having our bills paid. Well, some of us are. <laughs> <laughs> most of the bills uh, paid. Most, most of us, you know, yeah. I mean, having our bills paid, having a roof over our head, taking care of business, doing our thing, going to work, just doing your day-to-day things. It's the reason we don't celebrate, celebrate Halloween as much as we should. So mm-hmm. we're too busy trying to keep our shit together. Yeah. Right? Um, so, you're, you know, and I know this, I've been dealing with this for years. The older I get, the more I, you know, I feel like I have to have my arm around things. I've been yeah. saying this for years. Uh, and that moment comes sometimes when you don't have any control over it. And I know for some people, including myself, that was terrifying. That was absolutely any, any horror movie you could, you could show me would not be anything no. to that. It was terrifying to me. The rug was collectively pulled out from the feet of the United States of America. There you go. It's a, and that's exactly what this idea, what it was. We all felt like, okay, we aren't as in control as yeah. we thought we were. You know, and that's, that includes the citizens. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, this whole country, you know. Uh, that was the reason that we responded the way we did as, as, yeah. as a country at the time. I just listened to a show the other day talking about that idea and how we responded as a nation. I mean, all the bullshit was put aside. Yep. For a couple of days, the bullshit was put aside. None of us thought about racial bullshit or money bullshit or any of that BS. Or politics. Or politics, I mean, which is bullshit too. Uh, I mean, yeah. any of that stuff, right? It was all put to the side. Nobody thought about it. And, I mean, that's what I... Heard somebody say that like, we were all Americans at that, one, at, at, at that time. We were mm-hmm. all one country. Um, however you want to look at it, right? But that was the attitude. And that, I mean, that was come, that to me came from terror. Yeah. I mean, that's what terror is. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's what terrorism is, is that idea of uncertainty. We don't know when they're going to strike. Mm-hmm. There, dude, I can't think of any horror movie that's more, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that can really freak you out more than that. You know, it's, it's a... That is terror. That, I didn't mean to make like bring it to like a heavy, super heavy topic, but it's just oh, we always end up. World of Worlds always like makes me think of that because it's just it's like that. That movie is probably <laughs> the most like informed and by nine eleven. Like Steven Spielberg, you could tell was really affected by nine yeah. eleven, and he wanted to like make that movie as a parallel. And, and and I always think of it every time I watch it. I always think of like, man, this is like it's just such a. It's, you know, and and the interesting thing about World of Worlds is like you know everybody, like you said, they come together in that too, right? Like they all kind of band together. Yeah. Initially, they don't. Initially, like there's that scene where he's in the beginning where they want they try to take the car. He they takes take the a car. minivan, yeah, yeah. Um, but after that, everybody seems to be kind of like you know sticking together. Yeah, as as it were. And well, I think it's a 
invasion like that 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 would be the only thing that would get a planet to to work together yeah like right now even post 9-11 you know everyone's so still Reagan, like Reagan said the same Reagan screw, said that well ago. i know he's got his famous line you know yeah. if i think if the alien well, landed on the planet well, you know we, we would well. set our differences aside <laughs> uh anyway but well. that like we still have all of our issues in the middle east and, yeah. and all over the world um our yeah, little that's... moment we came together after 9-11 you know after a while people throw you know Remember every newspaper came with like a flag? Yeah. Do you remember when the, and they were like, yeah. put this flag in your window? Yeah, everybody had flags like, everywhere. And yeah. then like after so long, like after the flags week, disappeared yeah. and then French fries or freedom fries yeah. and just all the weird stuff that <laughs> happened and then went away. And because uh, now we're used to a new normal. So, right. uh, but I think that's the one thing that could happen yet is like seriously, like something there. Well, that's been in the news. Yeah. UFOs have been in the news big time mm-hmm. uh, with like the whole government, government, doing, government, do, government doing its thing, actually still investigating UFOs and, and looking into it. Meme oh, God, that thing did. went yeah, out of control. <laughs> do you know who Paul Oakenfold is? No. OK, he's a techno guy. Mm-hmm. He's been around for a long time. And I guess one of the little events that someone planned and it was Jeremy um, Corbell who did the, one of the, the recent Bob Lazar movie. He did a little event over, I don't know if it was in Rachel, Nevada, which is the town just outside of Area 51. Yeah. yeah. And like Paul Oakenfold literally played for like 20 people or something. I mean, it's, it was really? like, yeah, no one showed up. So is Area 51 like a thing, like an actual physical place? Oh, yeah. It's like a military can... installation. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, know. If it was but like it's an massive. Actual... If you, if you get to the gate, yeah. there's still like another 10 miles plus. Oh. So people think like, we're going to storm the gates. Well, yeah. you got another 10 miles to go, yeah, guys. Have a nice run. Um, <laughs> and there was one woman that got through the, like went through. Yeah. And they like well, arrested it is, her. It isn't uh. even Area 51 though. They kept saying that too. I well, mean, they, it's, that's what it became known as, but it's like Groom, Groom Lake or I I, whatever. It gets confusing. I don't want to like spout stuff that I don't know, ex- remember everything. But, um, but anyway, that's just been in the news. Like TTSA to the Stars Academy with Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 has started this whole UFO mm-hmm. investigation thing. Uh, and it's just right there. It's the New York Times in 2017 did a whole article to their front page yeah. about UFOs are basically, they're here. The government recognizes them. And I swear people like just were like, oh, what? Well, huh? and even in my, like, air, uh, the regulation we use at Air Traffic Control, there is a uh, section on unidentified objects yeah. and there's a number you can call like if you see something yeah and actually people call us uh, fairly often saying they saw this or that or yeah uh, a lot of times though i'll be with people and they're like oh what's that and i know what it is because i just know different planes right. like they yeah what's the most common thing that gets mistaken for ufo um helicopters okay a lot of times because they hover and they stop and if they're people aren't like especially at night like people aren't they can fly around sometimes with just their like landing lights on or just their like their flashers. Yeah. Um, uh, I get I actually get a lot of conspiracy theorist stuff like like the con- contrails or yep. whatever chemtrails. Yep. Yeah. You know, and people always ask me, "What about this? Or what about this?" Oh, drones. Those are another thing that uh, I think yeah. people think are UFOs. Yes. And actually, drones. Like the drone activity has gone up so yep. much. Yeah. Like people don't realize how many drones. Or like flying around for real, like to, it got to the point where they started having to heavily regulate them because people were flying drones like into like where plane like landing, yeah, uh, like you know arrival patterns and stuff, and people were just flying a drone up in the middle and like almost hitting you, planes. You have to get a license, right, to yeah. fly a drone and now? register them. Yeah, yeah. If you go over, there's like hobbyist, and then there's like 
uh, another level after hobbyist where you have to uh, register. Like you can buy those little teeny drones sure. and like you don't have to like really fly them around your yard. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can get some really cool shots and video with those yeah. things. I think it's like under 100 feet AGL and or it might be under 500 feet AGL. Like it's not a big deal. But like if you get those big certain kinds of si- a certain size of them, you have to register them with the FAA and all that. Oh. And, yeah. I know Chinese lanterns, like those are a big yeah. like thing in the UFO world where people are like, I see something. And they're like, oh, damn, Chinese lantern. <laughs> but dude, is there people out there that I always wondered, like, why wouldn't there be like a civilian group that pooled their money together to investigate UFOs? Oh, there, there is. is. It's MUFON. MUFON. Mutual MUFON? UFO Network. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah they're a national wide, actually, I think international um, organization that's been around, I think, since like 63 or something like that. Yeah, they've like been that, around forever. 50s. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing my shirt, Detroit Flying Saucer Club, established oh. 1954. So after Roswell, there was a lot of civilian groups that got together yeah. and formed a lot of stuff. There are a bunch of acronyms like NICAP and, uh, oh, God, the, well, I forget the other one. But anyway, there was a lot of them. Yeah. And they would either just be hobbyists or they were a little more serious where they were right. petitioning the government, uh, getting together, asking questions, uh, getting involved with their local uh, senators and representatives mm-hmm. and all that stuff to to you know because the conspiracy was starting already then right. yeah. uh, they're hiding stuff from us yeah. and then uh, and then yeah MUFON started and it's still there you know and they get a lot of reports all the time and I they'll probably tell you that majority of their stuff's bunk like yeah, yeah nope nope because they can look at star charts and go yeah that was the space station going by right um, but well that's why they question the hell out of you yeah for sure mm-hmm. but Brad and I were talking about that you're Brad. Oh, band. Really? Well, we were talking about that when I told you I bumped into him a, yeah, uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago at the, at, down in Detroit. We were talking about another guy was there, and we were talking about UFOs, and I talked about the one that we saw. We yeah. saw something we can't explain, and Brad, we were all talking about that, and I explained to them, I'm like, yeah, we, we submitted to MUFON, and we had to fill out this massive questionnaire and talk to him. And you know, and, and like the, they had to check, they had to vet us. They yeah. had to like make sure that we well, weren't that, like out of that our minds. Sounds like a good idea if they want to be taking like legitimately. So when they do come out with something, you know, yeah, no, it, it's any like anything. I mean, they they have a lot to do. They get lots of submissions. Yeah, and if they if they followed every single thing up, they'd have no time. They, there's right. not enough time to do that. Or resources. So there is a vetting process because it's it's a fact. Like Amber said, some of these people just saw a Chinese lantern. Yeah. Or or a drone mm-hmm. or something like that. It's and you can easily after and a lot of these people have been doing this stuff for thirty or forty years. They know what what's what now. What is the percentage of things they think were actual UFOs? Like out of all the, uh, you know, pe- out of all the people that call them about stuff, how do you know like a percentage of what they think are actually I, were I'm UFOs? Gonna, I'm this is not an accurate statistic, but I'm gonna say it's probably like could be twenty percent. Wow. Maybe, maybe a little less or something. What, of what? That's of, if anomalous? you have, if you have a hundred anomalous, yeah. If you have a hundred reports, maybe, and it could be, you know, what I, I could even say, maybe only ten. I don't know. It might be way less. It might be ten percent, where there might be something legitimate that they saw that's un, yeah. that can't be accounted for. And what do they do with that information once they? It they just, just gets documented. Okay. Um, Statistics. I mean, it's just it's like anything. You just data yeah. mine. You put it. You know, huh. it's all just a big massive pile of data you can work yeah, with. Because if you if you plunk in all this data you know and all of a sudden you see like oh we got a Uf- we got a ufo oh, flap okay. so like in 1994 over lake michigan for like two weeks people were, were all over the place like reporting strange lights zipping yeah. over the sky so all of a sudden you have like hundreds of reports coming in you can mm-hmm. go okay something's happening here. something's going on something's there. going on um same thing happened in 1960 uh 
19, why am I blanking on that? 1964, 19, whatever, Swamp Gas case, 1966 yeah, in yeah, Ann Arbor, yeah. Michigan, which is like a famous UFO case. Um, but for weeks, you had people like perfectly normal people, like yeah. cops, um, just people, people that stuff. trustworthy people in the, in the community. Yeah. Seeing stuff. People and, with credit, with credibility. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's the word. Uh, so, you know, and then there's also like the experiencer side of things where people yeah. might say like, I'm an abductee. Or I keep having these things, like I was picked up or, yeah. and brought back, and I'm picked up again. And then that's a whole yeah. different aspect that gets researched um, by a lot of people in MUFON. And especially the guy, Bill Konkoleski, who is head of the Michigan one, yeah. he's an experiencer. He's been visited by things since he yeah. was a little kid. And the dude is serious. Like, he's not crazy. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. run around with, like, a tinfoil hat. Yeah. Um, and you talk to him, and you're like, yeah, like some weird shit happened to you. Like, I damn. mean, if you think about it, just, like... In terms of numbers, it can't be zero percent that yeah. we're the only things here. That just hell no. That's, you got to be a fool to think that yeah. we're the center of the universe. I mean, even Carl Sagan, Sagan was like billions and billions. Yeah. of stuff. I mean, he's even said like it's not zero percent. He was very skeptical of people that did say it, but he was always very open. Like, I think you know, aliens aren't a zero percent event. You know. It just like if statistically we can't be the only things in the infinite universe. No, and I think it's ridiculous to even think that. Well, that's where you start getting into this idea of you know. To me, it's like trying to trying to, and this is one thing about astronomy that I find so fascinating is when I when I studied astronomy for a handful of years, and it's how I learned math. Actually, I was shitty at math until I (laughs) found something that I was really passionate about, and I learned the math that way really well, like you know, complicated math, and. For me, the first thing was, you know, when it comes to, like, the universe and space, it's the numbers. They're staggering. Yeah. You know, what's a mile in space for, you know, what we would consider a mile in space, you know, it's, it's, it's a trillion miles in mm-hmm. space. Uh, just ideas like that. Uh, and j- when you just read and look at the numbers, and, and, and it's all theoretical, too. Yeah. I mean, we really, really, I mean, eh, we got a pretty good idea. There's, there's very, very high-power telescopes we're using, the Hubble and things like that. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can get really good numbers now, but... Just getting the idea of what, you know, just the mechanics of it, just trying to understand the numbers, it's staggering. And then just trying to think like, okay, what is happening here? <laughs> and that's a huge yeah. question, huge question. You know, uh, there's ideas that it's an ever-expanding universe, you know, the Big Bang, right? Yeah. Where, you know, this was an explosion that happened gazillions and gazillions of years ago, and we live in an ever-expanding universe. But what the hell is it contained by? Yeah. See, the, the, thing, the thing with space and the universe and these ideas, to me at least, is you can never really get to the bottom of the bucket. Right. Because we're talking about the universe, and when you don't really understand what the universe is in the first place. I mean, a lot of it is like, not to say, I don't want to say theoretical in that it's not true. It's just, you know, it's so big that they have to use math to, to, like, to, to explain, explain it. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We're not there. It's to the point, where, you know, the the lay person, you know, you have to get like a, a degree, in, you know, to like yeah. even understand the simple formulas that explain how vast well, Yeah, you get to be a physicist. Know? Yeah. You I mean, look, this this goofy little thing we have here, mm-hmm. this, what is this, a coaster or a can or a beer cozy, whatever, sitting here. Well, I can tell you because it's in front of me and I'm holding it, right? Yeah. Like this is like, you know, okay, it's about what, five inches across and about five inches deep and i can tell you the rough like rough dynamics or Mm -hmm. or dimensions of what this thing is because it's right here in front of me it's right here i can experience this yeah it's foam it's soft 
It makes sounds like that. It does all kinds of cool stuff, right? Um, but what if this thing was 90 trillion miles away? Yeah. <laughs> and, well, we think we saw this smiley face on planet Zinbar or whatever, yeah. and, and uh, yeah, our, our telescope picked it up, uh, but we don't know what it's made out of. We don't know how big it really is. We don't know how much it weighs. We don't, you know, I mean. Yeah. It's it just, we can't reach it. Then it turns into a conspiracy, like the face on Mars. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh my God, there's an ancient God on that planet. And it's which, this. Which and then they write books going, on it. And then when better cameras come out, they're like, crap, it's just a Mesa. Which, yeah. is, which, is, which is why it makes it just, you know, when you're trying to understand the universe and consciousness and ideas like that, it's, it's no different than trying to understand what ghosts are and stuff that we talk about all the time. Because, it, again, it's something that people have a lot of experience with, but they don't really understand where it is. Yeah, it's one. Of, it's, I said this recently. It's the only field you can be in, uh, you know, where you can be an expert and not know shit at the exact same time. Uh, it, it, when well, I, you shouldn't, trying, you shouldn't even be an trying expert. Trying to be an expert of the intangible, which is very you can't hard. do it. Yeah, you can, you can't do it, and you can't. I mean, but you uh, can be an expert on all the stuff that goes along with it, yeah. like our well, yeah our, history. Um, now just recently passed away, but like Rosemary Ellen Guiley was just a massive researcher in all of this. And people would often say like, you know, expert Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Well, (coughs) if you bring up any historical ghost incident or I throw a word at her, like what does reptilian mean? What is, uh, what is the gin? What is this? Whatever. She's just like, yeah, here it is. I know it. I know it. Yeah. And she was, she wrote encyclopedias. She really was. There's like a ghost encyclopedia. Oh oh my God. There's yes. I don't know any about any of that stuff. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. (laughs) But then I think you can be an expert in that in that way, but like actually running around s- s- telling people, I know what a demon is. I know exactly what a ghost is. You know what the fuck I know a demon what is. causes mm-hmm. a ghost. I know what does this. Like, mm-mm-mm. No, nope. you don't. Well, I found it very interesting. Like when we did the Comic-Con, you know, and a lot of people were coming up talking to you because you had the ghostly talk. Yeah, we like had you. our show and yeah, the real crime show. And like you had a lot of people come up and talking to you and about their experiences. And, and, and it's interesting that you would always you know try to go for mundane uh reasons why whatever would be happening be happening to them like you kind of do the occam's razor thing it's yeah, like, yeah yeah like but i always thought that was interesting it's more you know i don't know i always thought and then you know not no offense but like i've always i'm like a really like skeptical person well so am so i i always like kind of like thought people that were into ghost stuff were kind of kooky but then when I started actually like looking into like I listened yeah. to a couple of your things, I was like, oh, it's not like no. there's people that are very scientific about like supernatural events. Yeah. Like, and why they have well, not, yeah. not even scientific critical. Why yeah, people respond critical. the way they do to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you mentioned Comic-Con. Yeah, there was that. I think you were there when that one lady and her daughter yeah. came up to me and we had a long conversation. Right. And she explained to me basically, you know. She had an epileptic, you know, event. She yeah. had an epileptic episode, and she described an epileptic episode to me. Right. But she interpreted that as she was possessed by something. Right. You know, and I can't be that rude. She was really nice. They were nice yeah. people, and I know there's some people in the field that they got no problem pulling any point and saying it was an epileptic event. Shut up. Nothing right. happened to you. But then you right? have other people that would, uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, agree with her. Like, like I, I yeah, totally. Feel, I always feel like, you know, a lot of people have this idea of like, you know, it being the ghost hunter type people that you feel like are super playing it up. Like, but you know what I'm saying? Oh like yeah, those totally. TV yeah. Shows. Oh God. Yeah. Well, but, and that's, we've talked about this a ton of times on the show too, where all of a sudden right yeah. now the trend is to like, to say that's a demon in your house. Yeah. Or it's and malevolent. So, I mean, well, malevolent stuff. I mean, well, Hey, it's Halloween. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Right. Yeah. People, I mean, when you, 
lean the needle towards that malevolent area makes it way more interesting. Right. And if you, you play on to, the fear. If you were to say, okay, well, I sense a presence here. Um, his name was Harry, and he worked for EDS for like 32 years, and he retired. He liked and, it. And, he, and he's, he was retired for like 20 years, and, and they died. And he was cool. His family was cool. He was, had a good relationship with his family. Mm-hmm. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't steal anything. He's just a dude named Harry. Yeah. Well, that's not interesting. Yeah. Now, his name was Harry, and he was an axe murderer, and he killed his whole family here, and he never worked a day in his life. He was, yeah. a, he was a thief. Well, that's way more yeah. dramatic. You know, and well, I think that goes with some of the paranormal theories that it needs. you need to do something. Something dramatic has to happen to create a haunting. Right. So <laughs> yeah, that's why right. so many crime scenes are haunted, because mm-hmm. something made a big impact that leaves that story behind there. And then parapsychologists will take it a step further and say, well, our minds telepathically can leave energy behind. And right. that's actually yeah. what people are picking up on. Mm-hmm. They're not picking up on a ghost as we traditionally see it, like, woo. You know, with yeah. like a you know floating around looking white like Casper and cute. They're actually <laughs> picking up on a telepathic imprint in the environment that somehow their brain then is interpreting, and they're either experiencing it. PK. Like, well, tele- yeah, telepathy, yeah. and so then they're experiencing it through their perception, which then if they're taught that that experience means ghost, or I I don't know, and so that to me, or like demon. when you said or demon, if they're like inclined to believe that, uh. But that's where, like, the science kind of comes in. Well, that's that, where, and that's where perception comes in. I mean, perception is everything. Like, the other night, this is, like, I don't know, just, like, personal, but I was, I fell asleep on a couch, and I've never had this happen before, but I experienced, I think I had sleep paralysis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I felt, I couldn't, I felt like I was awake, but I couldn't move. Yeah. I couldn't open my eyes, and I felt like there was a presence in the room with me. Yeah, that's and like that, old and it, hag syndrome. Yeah, and it was, like, and it was, like, a bad presence. Yep. I mean, I, I understand logically, like, yeah. it was, it's a, it's a thing, like, it's a sleep disorder type thing. I've never had it happen before. It's <laughs> the first time I ever had sleep paralysis, and it scared the living shit out of me. Like, yeah. I felt like there was somebody in the room with me so hard, like, yep. like, and I couldn't open my eyes, and I couldn't wake up, and I was, like, really scared. Yeah. And I could see where people, you know, experience things like yeah. that, and, like, it felt like a demon, to yeah. be honest. It felt like a malevolent demon force. It was going to hurt me, and I was trying to wake up, and I couldn't. Yeah. You know, when I woke up eventually, you know, there's nothing there, of course. A lot of people have that. I've had it. I've never had that before. And I think it was because, okay, I kind of had like a couple of beers. <laughs> I mean, I, that's probably why you, maybe because I fell asleep on the couch after having a couple of porters. But yeah. like, you know, I could see that like freaking people freaking out. somebody yeah. out. And if that's the, if that's where your knowledge stops and you assume like, oh, my God, I just got attacked by something in my sleep. Yeah. Holy crap. You know, and it's. Knowledge is power, so the more you learn, the more you're able to rationalize it yeah. uh, to, to, I think, a healthier degree. But for people that don't have that information at their at their fingertips, it's like, yeah, then they assume the worst and, mm-hmm. and kind of go to these supernatural superstitions that yeah. exist. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that can be explained. And that's what, you know, we were talking about that before. There's a lot. I'm as skeptical as they come nowadays. And there's a lot that can be explained. I'm right. sorry. That's just the way it is. And there's some stuff that we've experienced that we can't explain. Yeah. It goes both ways. And I, and I I know all I can do. I know Amber's the same way. All we can do is just be fair. Yeah. But all I like I that approach. It's like, it, it feels like more, it feels authentic to me. Like, like I don't like, you know, playing in everybody's fears every single time for entertainment value. It's not good for I, It's it. more interesting to me if you like really dig down, no, like why yeah. do these things happen? It's not good to do to people. Yeah. It's not, it's not good for people to do that. I, you know, look, I, I understand that. And we mentioned this earlier. Um, I understand that, especially this time of year, this does inspire people. They want to go and 
explore right. things. It's that time of the year. Let's get out the Ouija board. Hey, you know. Yeah. Um, or let's go to like real haunt. I'm doing a little finger motion, but haunted yeah. places. Because that... those are just as those are just as popular as haunted houses now. Right. Like there's there's so many haunted. There's tours one on Mackinac. That's the one I went yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's our buddy Todd, isn't it, Amber? It's Todd. Are you talking about the tour? Yeah. Yeah, it's Todd. Yeah, we know him. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yes. on the show. Yeah. He's, he's our buddy cool. Todd. Um, he started those tours when Mackinac Island wanted nothing to do with ghosts, and they are notoriously haunted because yeah. of their like complicated history. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> when the whole market crash happened and tourism just dropped, that's kind of when he swooped in. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. was able to set up shop there. Well, and they've been wildly successful ever it since. It was. I had. I mean, we were at Mackinac for like three days, and we could only get in one day of the tour because yeah. you had to like book it in advance because yeah. it was full all the time. Yep. Hi, Todd. Hi, Todd. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I doubt he's man. listening. But he's a man. Um, yeah, haunts of Mackinac. If you ever ever go up to the island, check uh, it out. Check it Todd's out. It's really cool. Um, all well, right. And plus, Mackinac is just a beautiful place. Anyway, oh, it's amazing. And it's a great like. It, the tour is great because this, like, you're basically also just getting a tour of the island at night, yeah, which it, is cool. Yeah. And yeah. It, I mean, and, I didn't see yeah. any ghosts. But... And it's hauntings and history. Like, yeah. So yeah. you get both. Even if you're not, like, if you're someone getting dragged along and you're not into the ghost thing, you're still yeah, going to get the historical. Me. But what was, it was really interesting still. Like, what was it? Sugarloaf Hill? or what, What's it called? Sugarloaf is a giant limestone rock formation that used to have, like, a lot of bees in it. So the Native Americans would... um. Like, it'd be dripping with honey. So mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the reasons why they think it got its name. But they also think, like, okay, that's, you know, the gods made that. The yeah. old, like, um, gods of the lake. Uh, and it's just kind of menacing looking. Like, mm-hmm. you'll be walking along and there's nothing big on this island. And then there's Sugarloaf. Like, I don't, did you hike out to that by any no. chance? Okay. And it's just this limestone tower that looks creepy. Yeah. And the first time we encountered it, we were just walking around. And then all of a sudden I was like, what the hell is that thing? What is, it was even creepy to touch. I thought we were looking yeah. for it. I don't know. This was another time when I was there. Oh, when I wasn't with you. Yeah. Okay. So the first time I saw it. But anyway, um, but then they have like Skull Cave. And they call it Skull Cave because some guy back in the day was hiding in there to get away from like yeah. either the French or the British or you know, like some enemy. And when he woke up in the morning, he was surrounded by sleeping. He will, he slept on a pile of skeletons, Ugh. and which were Native American. Yeah. And so then it got, got the name Skull Cave, and so it has all these like weird <laughs> stories. I hope they say and, it like that every time. Yeah, they have the crack, yeah. the giant crack in the island, mm-hmm. and then there's a Native American legend that's like basically is like yeah, giants come out of this. Yeah. And so they have all these neat things, and you cannot drive a car on the island. Yeah. There's only horses and poop and horse yep. poops. So it always smells like, like fudge, and, fudge poop. and poop. Fudge you got to get used to that. I can't deal with it. I'm so I, I just can't get over it. <laughs> also, Mackinac is like super Twin Peaks at night. Yeah, it has the very yeah it's, uh, distinct nightlife. Yeah, it's just we were out drinking, you know, one night, and I was like, wow, it's like drinking in Twin Peaks. Everything's just yeah. weird, and are people like wearing like period clothing and just, <laughs> weird stuff going on. It's very interesting. Uh, yeah, you know. I, I, I know people probably know this is like, you know, a Michigan podcast, but if you ever come to Michigan, Mackinac is pretty cool. Place. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And it's, super it's cool. like all the tourists go away. And at night, then it's just yeah. left with the people that chose locals. to stay on the island. Yeah. The like locals and then the, I mean, there's still a ton of people that can stay on the island. But yeah, it's a totally different vibe at night. Yeah. It's, it it's is. different, uh, but it's great. I, I need it. Uh, <laughs> Scott has to end. My voice is so gone. It's gone. Okay. Well, you guys have been probably listening to me cough for the last yeah. hour. I've been, I've been, I've been jumping off the mic here trying to cough. That's why we need to invest in a cough button. I well, didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, there's cough buttons. That's We're too idea. poor for that. You could also like fart during yeah. it. You could, and then you could, yeah, fart block slash it out. Cough. Yeah. yeah. The fart button. Yeah. There's two separate buttons. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
We had to buy two different buttons. This one, dis- it hits a different decibel range than the other one does, and it totally blocks yeah. out. The other one covers up the brown notes. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate we went, it. I think we went way longer than I thought we were going to go. Sorry. I was asking no, a bunch no, of questions because no, I'm like a ghost noob and also an alien noob. So. Well, no. anyone that listens to the show knows we kind of just, our thing is Always, we never stay on topic. Oh, okay, it's a good. mess. Never. No, it was really cool. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't hung out in a while, anyways. Yeah. So it was cool to hang out. And yeah. uh, no, it was great to talk to you. It was, it was fun. Yeah. I, I wanted just to have you come by and just hang out with us. Yeah. Especially for awesome. Halloween. Yes. This is super cool. We got. I mean, it's it's here. Uh, at, at the time of this, uh, when this is out, it'll be it'll be all Hallow's Eve. Ooh. The thirtieth of October. So guys, everybody have a great Halloween. Enjoy the holiday. Uh, try to do something. I'm going to try to do something. I think we're going to go to dinner. We're going to go see Doug. We'll have a haunted spooky we're gonna dinner. We're going to go see Doug. We're going to go see Doug. Long time gonna... listeners of the show know who Doug is. Uh, yeah. He, uh, we're going to go see Doug because he's got a haunted house in his garage. For real. <laughs> Ghostly talk. <laughs>